All right. Not blinded by the blight. Got some bad news this week. What happened now? Wednesday, Marlins baseball at 12.50. Oh, yeah. Thursday, you, I, Thursday you buy basketball, and if they noon. win, again and on they Friday. they Friday at noon. Yeah. Love those. Go Canes. All right. How do I love those Canes? You've got like a, a half a week off. Good. Well, you ought to be used to it. That 4 to 6.30 game you had going. That was two years ago. Well, it went on for a long time, man. Yep. Went on for a long time. 4 yes, to 6.30. Yep. Two and a half hours. For about five million a year, that's pretty uh, pretty lame. Not bad. No, I, I want I want to reinforce something. I want you to listen very carefully. If you ever listen to anything I said, yeah, you listened very well the first time, but I want to reinforce it. Okay. You and Mr. Mandich take the money to the bank. Yeah. Don't listen to anything that these people say. Don't uh, don't be fooled by any of the uh, people coming to you as a friend. We've got a sellout. Somebody has sold us down the river. Somebody that's going to call me at 2 o'clock this afternoon, which I told him don't call me anymore, but he's still going to call me at 2. J.J. J.J.? Joyce Jr. Joyce Jr.? That's your protege. I told oh. you about him. He's a sellout? Sold us down the river. What do you do now? He's the Pete Folger of Beasley Broadcasting. He and Joyce are one. You know what I mean by that? They're joined at the hip. Yeah. Oh, did you know that? I didn't know that. Well, now you know that. I'm telling you this very, uh, you know, as a friend. Okay. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Just continue plowing right ahead. Take the money. If they want you to leave, just say, write me a check. Same with me, anybody else. Write me the check. Full amount, not a dime less. Have a great life. New sales manager was in this morning, Chris from uh, the Carolina. I met him. To be a drooling uh, redneck from Carolina. He sounds like a good guy, though. He seems okay. Sounds like John Edward. Yeah, well, so did Joe Bell seem okay in the beginning. <laughs> Little did we know. All talk and no action, baby. A paper tiger. Good guy, but no clout. When in doubt, he ain't got no clout. See, I just told George something, and we should all keep this in mind. Good lesson for all you folks out there. Never wish for something in life because you never know if it might come true. So all those people running around, oh, Greg is leaving. It's going to be really great now. Yeah, uh-huh. Right. You ain't seen nothing yet. So this is my last uh, commentary on all these things, because uh, I'm just going to go back to being the lackey of the uh, JJ crowd and just doing my job. Do you see Crash, by the way? Crash, I'm so... That was, I, I never watched it. I never watched the Oscars or any of those award shows, because it just bores me to tears, all these people so self-important. Uh, you know, granted, they provide a lot of entertainment, and some of them are very good. But they just sit around with those, t- you know, all dressed to the hilt. And, uh, oh, we're so important, and we're so, you know, it's, it's just ridiculous. But I did watch a good part of it last night because there was nothing else on. And when Crash, right the very ass end there, when Nicholson came up there and Crash got the uh, best movie, I, yeah, just out of, I was so happy. Nicholson looked a little shocked, didn't he? Yeah. He looked, uh, he, he's, is there anybody that doesn't like him, really? When yeah, you come he's right down, How can you not love him? Yeah. And, and also, even Dustin Hoffman last night, I don't know what got into him. He's usually so dry, you know, yep. and so... Uh, so, uh, I don't know what the word is, but just uh, straight air is an arrow. Last night, he actually uh, made a few comments. He was pretty good. You know what they reminded me of? You know, What's they that? Were, well, they were standing there waiting for the music to start to cut them off. You know, it was, it was kind of like Duff was sitting there, you know, saying, You've gone long enough. Yeah. You know, that huh. type of thing. It was like here. <laughs> yeah, waiting for them to uh, cut you off. Yeah. They did bleep a few things. They must have been broadcasting on delay last night. Yeah, well, I think on the uh, when the uh, guys who did the pimp song came yeah. out, 
Yeah, yeah, you know, that, I, I was so that. sad that, that I had to see that thing. You know, I, I shut it right off. I watched about 30 seconds of it. About 30, man. And I shut that thing off and it came back. I, if, if this is if this is like a death wish for black America, you know, and uh, it's just, I, I don't know what they're thinking about, you know. It's hard out there for a pimp. What's the message? <laughs> no, no, seriously, what is the message that uh, it, it's like a death wish? It like, just keep reinforces, and, and this is what white America wants. This is what the establishment wants. It's for black folks to continue being mired in, like, uh, you know, all that stuff we saw in New Orleans. You notice how little conversation there is about that now? About the fact that all these people living in abject poverty and nobody gave a crap about them. And now they're schlepping around to Houston and here and there trying to, like, uh, stay alive. It's, it's just pathetic. And nobody cares about those people because, well, at least this crowd doesn't because they don't vote for this crowd that we got in there now, these fascists. Hmm. I think... Nevertheless. I, I got the message from the song. What was the message? It's tough being a pimp. I mean, I've well, been working in radio 28 years. Yeah. Well, no, we're not pimps. We're whores. We, at least I admit that. We're whores. We still sell our soul for a dime. Yep. Todd Rec comes in. Oh, you got to do this for me. you got to do that. Okay, whatever you say, you know. I hate that particular company, but I'll do it for you, Todd, because uh, you whine a lot just to get you out of the room. That's his technique, by the way. He just whines yeah. until you can't stand it anymore. And okay, whatever you say, just please go away. And he still doesn't go away. That's the Stop best. Stop whining. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, JJ, the new Pete Bolger, and it's, the timing couldn't be more perfect because David Ross. We had it first. You know how you like to break the stories on sports? Yeah. We break the stories on broadcasting. I heard you break it the other day. One of our spies over there at Clear Channel gave us the uh, information that David Ross was leading. And sure enough, that afternoon, it was on all the uh, trades, radio and records, FMQB, they had the story. David Ross, the one of the real evildoers of the world, a real, real serious hole. He's uh, 33 years of memories he was clean. We got, we got his memo to the staff. I have that now today. He's out of all the business. Crap. He's out of the business. Well, I don't think he was ever really in the business, but... He's out of their face, a clear channel. So maybe now Pete Bolger can be the corporate head over there. He's, you know, he's sucked his way up that corporate ladder for years and years. See, it's the people, we were talking about this, George and I, the people you least expect, the little nebbishes who, uh, they're the ones who suck their way up the corporate ladder, like uh, Pete Bolger at uh, uh, Guy Gannett and then at Paxson, and then little Andy Kelb over at WID. Do you remember Andy Kelb, or was he yeah, out there? I yeah, I remember him. Little putts, man, the real little putts. He got fired twice because he was a total nebbish. Totally incompetent. And then he just, all of a sudden, he started kissing the right asses and the Steve Nickel, but a beep, but a boop, and the next thing you know, he's assistant program director. A little putz. Hmm. You know, one time, in fact, I brought my little dog, I brought Tiny to work one day, and I don't know if you remember that story. No. And he was in the studio, and he dropped a load. <laughs> well, he was very nervous, you know, being around those people, being in a radio station. I don't blame him. And you complain and about Andy, managing Andy, kids. Andy Kalb <laughs> stepped right in it. And so I think I think Tiny was on to him long before the rest of us were. I think it was a planned deal. Now, at least my dog stayed right in the studio. He didn't tear apart the AP machine and rip all the equipment apart like Mandage's kids. I mean, those, those kids were a terror. Whatever happened, by the way, with Mandage's wife and the kids? Did we ever get an update on that? I don't know. No. I haven't asked. Huh. I, I think the, that's that's All blew over? Not, no, I don't, I don't think it blew over, but that was uh, it's a terrible story. Well, I mean, it could be worse. I mean, they're still alive. They're still in one piece. Yeah, but... Uh, so yesterday I'm having nice. dinner, and I must have chomped down on a uh, carrot or something, uh, some vegetable, something. And uh, tooth line just, uh, just cra crumbled into, like, uh, little pieces. Ooh. Not the whole tooth, but just uh, nothing but the tooth. 
just a big chunk of it. So I got to tomorrow morning at nine. I'm going to the dentist. Don't forget, George. So that might also shorten my week a little bit. I don't know what time I'm going to be back. Probably back on time, but we well, got music. Yeah, he can... <laughs> <laughs> yeah instrumental music. music. Yeah. Oh, that's right. We don't want to play. Any I, I got an idea. We don't want to play any vocals guys. because the JJ uh, crowd might be upset. They might be offended. I got. You're not going to play. It's hard out there for a pimp. I was well, just going to suggest. I was just going to suggest that. Yeah. No, we're not playing that. You play it. When I go all music. Yeah. When you go all music, you play all that. Uh, yeah, it's hip-hop. kind of a sports song. Yeah. Hip hop. Hop on this. By the way, Kirby Puckett's in bad shape. Yeah, I know. Critical condition. Yep. See that? Yes. <coughs> now, you don't think it's because he was short and real fat all, all his life, do you? I don't know. He's awfully young to have suffered a stroke like 44. that. 44. Well, what do you mean he's awfully young? I had my first stroke. How old was I when I had a stroke? Let's see. What year would that have been? About uh, 89, 90? That's 16 years ago. Yeah, I was like in my 40s. That's very young. Well, when you're fat and out of shape, and of course, Kirby Puckett. You know, a lot of these athletes who were in good shape, or at least relatively speaking, he was always fat. But they were in good shape during their playing days. Then they get out of shape, and horrible things happen to them. You know, he can run. A lot you know, for a guy who was built the way he was, yeah. he could run pretty well. Yeah. Not anymore, though. No. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be running anymore. I'm just talking about his good old playing days. As a matter days. of fact, the team said uh, the Twins in Major League Baseball asked fans to keep him and his family in their yeah, thoughts and prayers. critical. So, yeah, he's in critical condition after having surgery for a stroke, major stroke. Because, you know, you don't ordinarily have surgery after you have a stroke unless it's a major stroke. Yeah. By the way, how's Ariel Sharon doing? Anybody hear about him yet? <coughs> Nothing. I think he's been dead for about two months. Ten, ten bullets and he's still alive. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, if we don't see any action on the home in front in, in Israel very soon, with Purim coming up in a few days, I think that should that should give it away. Oh, David Halberstam should be making a delivery soon. Yeah. Well, you don't need it. I had him on hey, the show. David, the don't day. bring the Hopperania home okay? You're a good guy, but you're a murderer. I remember the one time he sent all that food over. He used to do it all the time. Yeah. The food pushers. We don't need all that food, man. When I was... Oh, stop. Stop it. When, when I didn't start it. When well, I, somebody did. When I was at Duke, we had, uh, we had a dog. We had two dogs in our fraternity, and one of them we called Hamantash. Really? Yeah. Well, at Duke, huh. you know, they had no idea what that was. Yeah, too many glam in that place. Yep. Where is Duke? In North Carolina? Durham, North Carolina. Mm. I bet you were one of the very few Jews in that state. No, actually, in uh, North oh, Carolina, I, we, we, we talked about We've already that. been through the uh, Harry Golden thing. Yeah. We've been through that. I guess he's been dead a long time, Harry Golden. Yeah. And you know a guy that used to be on, what the hell was his name? He was on Jack Parr all the time. Oh, he was one of the funniest guys in history. Little Jewish guy, wrote a whole bunch of books. Uh, I can't think of his name. That's going to drive me nuts. Uh, cats. No, not cats. Alexander King. Oh, Remember yeah. Alexander King? Yeah. He was funny. One he was no Louis Nye, but he was pretty funny. When I was in school, you could smell the tobacco because the, the Lucky Strike factory was there. And then the whole city reeked from tobacco. And I'll be damned. It was annoying. Kind of like when you walk out on the streets downtown here. It's there, it doesn't reek from tobacco. It just it's, reeks. There's no, there are people, no, that's not true at all. There are people smoking other things wafting through the air. They don't have to be quite as uh, paranoid about it here. Smoking a little of the wacky weed. Yeah. No, it does not reek. It's uh, beautiful. The sun is shining. It's going to be like in the uh, 50s here Friday and Saturday. 
58 they're saying on Saturday. You know, Sunny I'm, and 58. I think I'm going to New York Wednesday. and it's Oh, you're lucky, man. You, you are going just in time. It's going to be warming up all over the yeah. Northeast. It's going to be like spring. Yep. Yesterday was 60s. Uh, this weekend in New York. I'm going to tell you, yesterday it was sunny and 40. Now, 40 may not sound, you know, in Florida. It was one of the most beautiful days I've ever seen in my life. There was no wind. It was just just phenomenal. God. You get used to it. You, you, your whole attitude changes as far as the climate. Yep. And, there's, and, of course, when it gets to be 40 after the very short winter that we had here so far, guys are walking around with no jacket on, you know, like, like it was uh, 80. It's just bizarre. I guess your blood changes. That's what J.J. said, the old bloodsucker. I'd be very careful when I saw him. I'd, I'd walk very, uh, if I saw him in the hallway, I would take a circuitous route and go the other direction. I think I'll go out on the ledge to get to the men's room, climb around. A very good idea. Excellent idea. Uh, or even better than that, stick his ass out there on the ledge. you got to be careful around here because he and the beast are in cahoots. Sold us right down the river. I, I don't think that's true anymore. If I were the beast, I'd be real nervous about that relationship. I think all previous relationships, all bets are off. You think he's going to turn on the beast? He'd turn on a dime. Hmm. Once they become one of those corporate uh, butt kissers, man. Oh, here's the new schedule now. Hurricanes were... Oh! He didn't even give me the good news. Oh, my God. I may, I may just have to take about 50, uh, 60 grand out this week just to go be able to lose all that money. <laughs> no, seriously, I'm going to have so much extra gambling time this week. 11.30 is the hurricane warm-up on Thursday. Hmm. And, and if they win that game on Thursday, guess who they play on Friday, speaking of your uh, alma mater? Yeah. So they play Clemson. Is Clemson any good? They can beat Clemson. All right. Oh, let's go, Kane. Oh. Let's go, Kane. Oh. And then if uh, if they win a game, then on Friday we also get out 11:30 with the hurricane warm up. You hear that, George? So just I heard it. Now you're going to understand what it's like to bet on sports, Neil. You're betting time on, on yeah. Miami Thursday. I got news for you. It might cost me a lot of money. You're betting two and a half hours on. It might it. cost me a fortune. The fact that I get all these early days off. Oh, you mean the bonuses? No, I'm talking about yeah, yeah. That's another good thing too. Really helped the radio. I, I would, I'd forget about those bonuses if I were you. I yeah. told when the numbers came out on Friday. I told George, forget about all future bonuses because you're not going to see any. Well, what's yeah. happening is that the the makeup of the community is uh, now yeah. reflected in every rating book. Incredibly. Yeah. In other words, nobody's speaking English. Well, not only that, not only did no English speakers get it in January, the diaries, but also, and of course, it ties right in. It's always the same thing. When the Julio crowd gets all the diaries and the right-wingers, so IOD did very well with Rush and uh, the Schmidtmeister and all that right-wing crap. Yep. They did very, very well, again. And then, of course, everybody else uh, in the tank. Except, of course, for the no speaking English. And now we got that Radio Suave, the Colombian station, so I, I think you're right. I sure miss Latin America, you know what? Uh, not... That's the one thing. You can talk about whatever you want and the weather and everything else, but the fact is everybody here from the Chinese to the India people to the Paki people to the uh, Russian people, they all speak in English. Unlike in Montreal where if you don't speak French, they give you like a dirty look and spit on you. But here everybody speaks in English. Even, even if they barely know any, they still they know that that's, uh, that's the way it's done here. Well, listen, that's 10.13 already. We're yeah. past the first break. So. Nice job today. Have it. What do you mean? Of using time. Oh. <laughs> I 
we do, if we, I, I figure that if we do one of these on Thursday, Neil, yeah, you'll only have to right do a 45-minute show. After I say goodbye to you, I can say goodbye to the audience. I, I may say goodbye to the audience, period, one of these days soon, depending on that conversation at 2 this afternoon. I, I just I just can't envision another three years with the, the JJ crowd. I think I think 30th anniversary was a fitting point in time. I got plenty of cash stashed away. I might just just wander off into the hills of Bavaria somewhere. Never know. Never to be seen again. Try well, have a great it. day. Okay, you too. And say hi to a JJ. <laughs> Not, I'm going out on the ledge now. Give him a message for me. See ya. Bye. You can go right into your spot because our audio vault's down. All right. All right. This weekend on Access Hollywood, George Michael, you were busted over the weekend for drug possession, right? Yeah, yeah. What kind of shape were you in? And what kind of drugs? The cops wanted to bring you down to the station. What did you say to them? So, innocent or guilty? Anything else you want to say? Uh, no thanks. I don't swing that way. Uh, thanks for the interview. Gotta go. <laughs> That's this weekend on Access Hollywood. I can't wait. 1015 at 560 WQM. Happy Monday. Boy, we got a soft schedule this week, to which we say. All right. You betcha. Yeah. More money, less work. Remember I told Mad Dog that That's a long right. time ago. More money and less work. Yeah, I didn't plan for him to take it so seriously. When you're shopping for shoes, you know where to go by now, and that's Brandy's in Pompano Beach. Make no mistake about it. Tell him that Brian Schmidt sent you by. He's a good guy, and he's uh, got the account now. Thank God for that. Brandy's carries a humongous selection of all the major brands, Rockport, Florsheim, Echo, Mephisto, SAS, New Balance, and all the other top names. And if Brandy's, Arnie, and all the other folks that work there will make damn sure you get a perfect customized fit of your favorite comfort shoe. You'll walk out of there in style. You won't be like uh, walking uh, sideways, side saddle. And at Brandy's, whatever style you like, they got it in your size. It's guaranteed. You'll bet, we'll bet Chris Jones' life on it, the new sales manager. Brandy's specialize in wide widths as well if you've got a big, fat, wide one. And don't forget, Brandy's will give you that unbeatable combination all the time with special extra discounts every week. For example, like this week, it's a great time to buy a new balance. Again, this week, by the way, same deal. All great men's and women's New Balance styles are 10 to 20 bucks extra off, so be sure to come into the store or visit their website, brandyshoes.com. Brandy's at 1290 North Federal Highway in Pompano Beach. Open daily Monday through Saturday till 9, every Sunday till 5. Now, are we doing the rest of the break, or are we uh, not? we got nothing right now, so. we got plenty of nothing. Let's hear it. All right. Well, that's good, because i got a lot of stuff. Good. <laughs> oh, man. WQAM, hello. You miserable son of a Get out of here. Go away. Uh, Phil Latzman sends a uh, thing. That was the Whisperer, by the way. Phil Latzman. Who I think missed my anniversary last Wednesday. Uh, Damn it. bad the Whisperer didn't get in. That would have been very special. I guess he's making up for lost time. Uh, dear Neil and George, was out of town for your 30th anniversary, but wanted to congratulate you and thank you for many years of terrific talk radio. Phil Latzman. Everywhere I go, I always tell people you are the best in our business. It's a shame you can't be heard everywhere. Regarded, George, keep up the great work. And it's signed. Phil Latzman. Thanks, Phil. Good guy. From NPR. Nice. He's doing very well. Listen to him every morning. And it actually says on here, WLRN Radio. Well, thanks a lot, Phil. You keep up your great work, man. Keep telling it like it is, or like they force you to tell it, however you're doing it these days. So I guess Hank and I already covered the Kirby Puckett thing. He's in critical condition. He had a stroke yesterday. 
Uh, he was, uh, let's see, his career was, he uh, helped lead the Twins to two championships before his career was cut short by glaucoma and was stricken yesterday as Arizona home. Critical condition. He's at Scottsdale Healthcare Osborne, where he had surgery yesterday. Oh, was later to move to St. Joseph. What? Well, nobody knows where those places are. Ron Shapiro, who was Puckett's agent, said he'd been in contact with his family Sunday and said we are praying for his recovery. The doctor said that if he has good luck, he'd be all right. If he has good luck. Hmm. Twin center fielder Tory Hunter sat out Minnesota's exhibition game against the Red Sox after learning of Puckett's stroke. He was. He was illin. So what's the verdict now? We're going to actually have the audio vault because I don't really. I'm just plowing right along. Maybe I'll go in the other room and I can play it out there. Uh, well, whatever you like, whatever works for you is fine with me. Here's the deal on our uh, our uh, 30th anniversary CD. About 30, man. As of this morning, our total eleven thousand five eighty-five, seventy-three hundred bucks of which is online. That's uh, we're doing pretty good on that online deal, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. You go right on neilrogers.com and uh, get your commemorative T-shirt or CD or both. All of the uh, proceeds benefit abandoned pet rescue. So we're way over the five grand that the Beasleys put up, and of course want back right away if not sooner. That's the JJ mentality. And uh, the QM van will be at the grand opening of Advanced Auto Parts today, forty-three eighty Southwest Eighth Street in Miami. Kaye Ocho, no less. CDs and T-shirts will be available. You can sign up to win a $1,000 shopping spree at Advanced Auto Parts because it's their grand opening. So uh, be there or uh, get screwed. The van will be at the location from noon to 2, and it says, I will call Josh with dollar amounts after every spot break, to which we say, oh! good. If we have any spot breaks, because yeah. uh, their <laughs> vault's down as well. <laughs> well, whose vault is, uh, fault is that? Here's the poll result from, uh, see, I don't care. I just don't care. I'm so, I'm so used to this by now, I just don't care. If we have spots, fine. it hey, doesn't cost us any money. They were warned, you know. You know, who was warned? They, them, the powers that be about the audio vault and how yeah. cantankerous it is. By the way, you know, this is very, this is so appropriate. Because here, our new sales manager came in, seems like a nice guy, Chris right. Jones from uh, North Carolina. Good guy, same haircut real. as yourself. Huh? Same haircut as you. Oh, skinhead. Right. And uh, this is his first official day on the job. Right. And the spots, we can't, this is a sales manager, and we can't play the spots because our equipment is crap. But that, it's, just, it's just typical, you know, and so if you wonder why we're always, oh, they're always bitching and moaning, what are you? because that's just uh, the way it is, you know. So it's a Mickey Mouse joint. In fact, as soon as you open almost any door in the building, a little voice says, Eisner! So that, that should give you a pretty good idea what kind of a place it is. What do you believe about 9-11? That's the poll we asked a question on Friday and for over the weekend. 2,253 votes. And the Bushies allowed it to happen, 942 votes. 42%. We'll never know 536. Sounds like an impeachable offense if not uh, going to uh, federal prison to me. We'll never know 536. It was only Al-Qaeda, 410. Only 18% believe it was only Al-Qaeda. And I beg you, I beseech you to watch those videos loose change on our website. You can, they're right under the pool. You can click on the links there, parts one and two. The neocons were behind it, 212. I hate this poll, 64. Saddam Hussein was involved, 53. And the CIA did it, 36. That's your take. I've got David Ross's memo here, but it will be kind of boring to read the whole thing on the air because there's mm -hmm. nothing revealing or interesting in here. It's just a uh, kind of a thing. And to thank you all for making me look so good. No, you never look good, David. You always look like the same putz that you are, okay? You're an idiot. Clear channel my ass. You destroyed one station after another. You and the Assassin Senior. We've got Assassin Junior at our station, but he's got the Assassin Senior, Petey Bolger. 
destroying everything in their wake, including people's lives, careers. People would work years and years. And years. They killed Sonny Hirsch. You do know that, don't you? Yes, I do. They killed him in conjunction with Dave Lamont, my farting friend. God, just unbelievable what they do to people. But that's the nature of this business. That's why when I tell you don't get in this business, I'm not joking. Mm -mm. It is the worst. You, you started saying worst. that when it was actually okay. It's much worse than that. No, now. it wasn't actually ever okay, but it was certainly better than it is now. I, okay. I said it when it was on the way down. You could you could smell mm -hmm. it. You know, you could smell like a big, gigantic, nasty. Oh God! Like like when we used to do those appearances at the uh, at the uh, swap shop. Uh huh. Those elephants in the sawdust, and you put that stuff all together. It, it was like it's like the elephants had their own litter box, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was like, and we're sitting. Right. There, that's right in front of us. I think that was Preston Hen. I think that I think what happened to Preston is God's way of getting even with him for what he did to me. Torturing me, no knowing exactly what. And of course, those lights, those floodlights, they had them right down in my face. I had a strange dream last night. Did you? It went on forever. One of those dreams that just, you know, you get uh -huh. up and you go take a leak and you lay back down and you fall asleep and the dream, the dream continues. Really? To be continued? I was broadcasting a Toronto-Montreal hockey game from a table on the ice, which I guess is a little bit dangerous. And I just, uh, the engineer kept saying, well, gee, you don't have your own headphones? Well, what kind of a broadcaster comes and doesn't bring his own headphones? It was just strange, just aggravating. I think the, the message in there was just part of the aggravation from this business just getting to me again. And how many times you've been both a witness my telling Clarence, do not call me here. Do not bother me. Do not destroy my life here at home. Just leave me alone. We have nothing to talk about. How many times, huh? I don't know about 30, 30 man. 30,000. And so what does he do? The first thing he tells me this morning after the good news about those uh, ball games, uh, I'm going to be calling you at 2 this afternoon. Is that okay? Can I call you? i got news for you, Clarence. You can go ahead and call. I don't think you're going to be pleased with the response. I don't think you and I have any common ground on which to deal. I think you and I are going in different directions. You want to suck your way up the corporate ladder? Go right ahead. You want to be Joyce's boyfriend? Go right ahead. Whatever, whatever makes you happy, Clarence. Look at this uh, scary stuff. Somebody says just faxed this in from uh -huh. Katie. State bill proposes Christianity being Missouri's official religion. Oi! See, that's what did I tell you about the Goyashing of America? Uh -huh. When I told you this for a long time, Missouri legislators in Jefferson City considered a bill that would name Christianity the state's official majority religion. Of course, in total total uh, contradiction of the First Amendment, but nevertheless. House Concurrent Resolution 13 has its uh, is is pending. This is uh, illiterate. Is pending in the state legislature. Many Missouri residents hadn't heard about the bill until last Thursday. Karen Arosti of the Anti Defamation League, along with other watchdog groups, began writing a letter a, a letter writing an email campaign to stop the resolution. The resolution would recognize a Christian God. Oh, look at that! Talk about stealing. That was the first. It was the Jewish God. Now it's the Christian God, the one whose wrath is always waxing hot. And would not protect minority religions, but protect the majority's right to express their religious beliefs. The resolution also recognizes that a greater power exists, and only Christianity receives what the resolution calls justified recognition. In other words, you, uh, all you uh, infidels out there, talk about the uh, Muslims, man, and the infidels. It's the same crap with a uh -huh. glam. Same yeah, crap. See, baby. State Representative David Sater of Cashville in southwestern Missouri sponsored the resolution, but has refused to talk about it on camera or over the phone. KMOV-TV also contacted Governor Matt Blunt's office to see where he stands on the resolution. He's still thinking about it. <laughs> he has yet to respond. Oh, my God. All right, we're back. So uh, you just want to do uh, both breaks in one?
Are you are you out of your mind? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Well, you can get a lot done. Make some more bacon. I don't want to make any more bacon. Although I could like to look in the mirror at that chipped tooth that I got to go get. Oh no! Don't forget. Don't don't be wondering tomorrow where the hell is he? Because I'll be at the dentist. I'm sure I'll forget by then. I'll, I'll be back probably by ten or maybe not. In fact, you know something you'll never you have no way of knowing. That's right. They might it might actually take me till noon for them to fix that mess up. In fact, I just realized I got like four teeth missing up there now. Oh it might no! Take me till one thirty. <laughs> So thank God that Crash came through last night. If you haven't seen Crash, man, you better get rid of it. Oh, you can play them all. I don't care what you do. Like I said before, I don't care. Got that? Got it. Write it on your sleeve. I don't care. By the way, will the Leafs ever win another game? No. Just asking. 26 after 10 at 560 WQM, and Beach Ford has gone mad. Madness in March is going on right now, and all this month at Beach Ford. They just missed having a record month last month, so they plan to break that record this month. They're going to smash it, and the record, too. Right now, extended camp Ford 150s are as low as 249 bucks a month with 995 down plus fees with approved credit and a 39-month lease. Madness in March at Beach Ford means you must be mad if you don't take advantage of rebates and discounts up to 10 grand on all new and used vehicles. If you're not on the market for a new car but you know somebody who is, send them into Beach Ford because if they take delivery during the month of March, Beach Ford will send you 200 bucks just for sending them by. That money comes from Beach Ford's advertising budget, so it certainly isn't going to affect your friend's price. Don't miss out on this once-a-year event. Beach Ford Madness in March. Extended Camp Ford 150 as low as 249 bucks a month. Discounts and rebates up to 10 grand and $200 just for referring a friend. Hurry on in. Say hi to Paul. Tell him that Neil sent you by, and he'll give you a look like you never saw in your life. Hurry on in. Beach Ford, two miles east of the Golden Glades on 163rd Street and West Dixie Highway. I'll guarantee you, you will love your Beach Ford experience. This is Neil Rogers. <laughs> this is 560 QAM. And then and there it goes again. All well, right. I mean, you just gave me a bum steer. Sorry about right. that. I got you a little excited. I should have known. No, you didn't get me the least bit excited. You got me, like, terrified that we're going to, like, play six more minutes of spots there. Well, look on the bright side. We're going to play zero minutes. Don't now. worry. There's six spots, but it only comes out to four minutes. It's okay. Oh, I see. They've got some. That's right. Thirties, tens. Yeah. Tens. Since when did we run tens? Oh, I see. We got, we got a whole bunch of tens in there. Look at that. When do we start with that dollar a holler routine? Now that Chris Jones is here, dollar a holler. Anybody want to buy any spots? No. I'm finding difficulty speaking today because of that. Uh, luckily, it's way in the back. It's like a, a mower. Good. Not like, um, well, the certain teeth, if they, like, got knocked out, you know, if they were crushed. Yeah. But they won't. Cause be with be, one. Huh? You'd be with one. That would be bad. But even so, and, of course, your tongue, which I told you about biting my tongue last uh -huh. week. I've had a bad uh, couple of days orally. <laughs> no comment. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Joyce. Here's the poll. Uh, now, let's see. Well, let me just start with this article. Let me know if you want to run a couple of spots anytime. I will. Tom Cruise and fiance Katie Holmes won the Razzies. We had the Oscars last night, but I like the Razzies. For the most tiresome tabloid target, but it was Jenny McCarthy and her little scene, Dirty Love, that dominated the 26th annual Worst Film Honors, winning four of ten categories Saturday night, including Worst Picture of the Year, Dirty Love. I think that in picking Dirty Love, though 99% of the public never heard of it, it really deserves the awards at Golden Raspberry Award Foundation head Barry John Wilson after the awards held at the 400-seat Ivar Theater, a converted old movie house located about a lonely block between Sunset and Hollywood Boulevards in Hollywood. I lobbied shamelessly for it. I really wanted that film to win, he said. John Wilson. Dirty Love, which is directed by McCarthy's ex-husband, John Asher, also written by the former Playboy playmate, concerns a photographer, McCarthy, trying to get back at her two-timing boyfriend after he breaks up with her. The film was earned just fifty-eight thousand one hundred and sixteen dollars at the box office. <laughs> 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 <laughs 
was pulverized by critics upon its very limited release in September. Hopelessly incompetent, wrote the Chicago Sun-Times' Roger Ebert. You fairy! Excruciatingly inept, said the village voices, Mark Holcomb. Clings to the gutter like rat in the garbage, observed the New York Times' Steve Holden. Clings to the gutter like a rat in garbage. It sounds like J.J. The bastard child that might have resulted from John, had John Bolero Derrick and Tom Freddy Gottfinger Green spent the winter together herding, tending sheep on Brokeback Mountain, said Wilson, producing the film. The Razzies also honored Dirty Love with trophies for the worst actress, McCarthy, worst director, Asher, and worst screenplay, McCarthy again. The Razzies' other awards went to Rob Schneider for the worst actor for Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo, Hayden Christensen, worst supporting actor for Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, or as the Razzies presenter said it, Star Wars III. Paris Hilton, worst supporting actress for House of Wax. Will Ferrell and Nicole Kidman, worst screen couple for Rewitched. And Son of the Mask, worst. Oh, you know who I really can't stand and I still can't stand him even more so is uh, Will uh, Smith. Oh, yeah. He was on there last night for sure. about a minute trying to be funny. Boy, he just, I, I, as soon as he starts speaking, mm-hmm. I start getting angry. Son of the Amass led all films with eight nominations going into the awards, which are traditionally held the night before the Oscars. Well, the Oscars went on last night. Oh, the awards also. It says, a number of the year's high, most high-profile films fell to the ground like so many lawyers shot by Dick Cheney. The awards paid special tribute to 81's Mommy Dearest with the audience yelling along with a clip of the film's most famous line, No Wire Hangers! And a variety of celebrities were knocked, including Hilton, who were in frequent flyer miles for staying at her family's hotels in uh, one-hour increments, and crews for him to suddenly propose in front of reporters on the Eiffel Tower and jump up and down like the monkey in Curious George and Oprah Winfrey's crouch. There truly is some problem there, Wilson told the AP. There you go. Now. Now? Any spots? No. Oh. I'm just checking. I mean, it's our new sales manager's first day on the job, and obviously his job is becoming that much more difficult because we do have a few spots on the log today, but we can't play them because our equipment sucks. So our poll today is, what was the worst movie of 2005? I mean, in fact, Ang Lee got the best director last night. That, mm. that left me just kind of limp and kind of set me up for assuming, oh, that's gonna, they're going to give that the yeah. best movie. And when Crash got it, I let out a yell yeah. and a shry, yes, yes. There is a God. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, it's not even close. You know, you got a movie that, oh, <laughs> just that bare-ass mounting. Just forget about it. And what is the big deal with that? Uh, what's the guy again? I can't think even of his name. Oh, uh, Heath Ledger. Yeah, there well, you what go. What is the big Heath, deal uh, with Heath Barcrunch. Yeah. What was the worst movie of 2005 was our poll? We got 599 votes. And this is obviously a poll the audience isn't into that much. Oh, look at that. Israeli airstrike kills two Islamic jihad suspects. What are they going to think on the Arab street? The worst movie of 2005, and, and this should tell you a lot about South Florida. Even me, even I saw two of these. You know? Josh, did you see some of these, any of them? Yeah, I voted for Doom because that was the worst that I saw. George has obviously seen some of these. Many uh, of us. Probably a few. Uh-huh. Didn't see any, 213. Jeez. <laughs> Dukes of Hazard 85. I hate this poll 52. So I didn't see any, and I hate this poll, our first and third. War of the Worlds 40. Bare Ass Mounting 36. And rightfully so, should be higher. Bewitched 32. Douche Bigelow, European Gigolo. Look how many votes that's got. About 30, man. Get Rich or Die Trying 18. Star Wars 3. Revenge of the Sith. Rearrange those letters, and Joyce gets very upset. 13. Fantastic Four, 10. House of Wax, 10. King Kong, 10. Doom, 10. Harry Potter, Goblet of Fire, 7. Aeon Flux, Eon, Aeon. Whatever. 
How do you say that? Aeon. Aeon. That's what I said. Five. Stealth five. Supercross the movie five. I thought that's what Jesus was on on Easter. The Constant Gardener four. And I'm going to tell you, that should be moving up that list real fast. And the fact that that bitch got the uh, Best Supporting Actress, whatever her name is, last night for that. That movie is so bad. So I, I wish I could change my vote. Even Bear Ass Mounting was, at least the sheep were pretty good. The Constant Gardener. Oh, man. Electra 4. Guess who 4. Did I ever tell you about the time that, uh, what's his name, was sitting the, the, right next to me at Woodbine? Burton Cummings. Yes, Burton Cummings. Went in like crazy. Him and his, uh, it was either his daughter or his young lady friend. Alone in the Dark 2. Hide and Seek 2. Into the Blue 2. And no votes for my mare, which I don't know what that is. Undiscovered, nine songs, and Domino out of 605. A lot of bad movies. In fact, when you come right down to it, how many really great movies were there in the last year? Two. It's hard out there for a director. And a pimp. That's just... It's just pathetic. And if you, if you could have seen the... You know who was in the audience? Well, they were all there. Yeah, all the pimps. All, all the, the pimps were all there. All the pimps, yo, yo. Including, uh, what's his name, with the, uh, from, from Crash. Yeah, I don't know the guy's name. No, the rapper. Ludicrous. Hey, Ludicrous. Ludicrous. I thought you were talking about the other guy. Real name, his by movie. He, he has a name. The, uh, I don't know, Chris something or other. Is it really? Yeah. See, Get speaking it. of Chris, like I told you this morning, I'll say it on here. Chris Rock was great. Chris Rock is yeah. funny. Yes. He doesn't. He doesn't come off as trying to be funny. He just opens his mouth and speaks. That's right. He's funny. He's a funny mm -hmm. guy. All the time. But John Stewart is painfully, I, I, you know, I realized that, like I said the other last week, and you're not supposed to say this, anybody under the age of 100 will be pissed off. I'm not knocking The Daily Show. It's a very funny show, and it's, uh, the concept is great. But he has writers that write everything he says on that show. Right. But when he tries to be spontaneous, any other, whether it was on The King Show last week or then last night, he's, he's not funny. And, and, of course, he obviously wrote his own stuff or had somebody mm -hmm. write it. He's not funny. And he comes off as trying very hard to be funny, and he, that makes it even worse. It was, and then at the end, did you see the end of it last night? Yeah, I saw the end. When the awesome. picture kept going black. No, no, I missed that. I thought it was you, my vision. Was, no, and they were obviously uh, had some communication problems. Like, do we come back now? What's going to happen? They ran a spot, kind of like us. Like maybe the spots weren't working right. Maybe their audio vault wasn't working. ABC. Which uh, I guess we can give this a try if you want. Go right ahead. In fact, let me play the cue because there it is. This is Neil Rogers. This is 562 AM. Hurricane blow. Where is Natalie? Kidnapped? Drowned? Murdered? Tonight is the very first time you're hearing an in-depth account from the main suspect. You're on Vandersloot. You were the last person to be with Natalie. Um, yes, it doesn't put you in a good position. Maybe, you know, it's time to go to the police and tell them exactly what happened. Are you ready to tell the truth? Yeah. Something happened to her. Did you harm Natalie Holloway? Yes. A lot. Did you kill Natalie Holloway? Yes, I did it. Natalie is gone. Why would you do that? Um, a sexual predator and a soul. When prime time continues... You remember the last time you saw her? Yeah, the last time I saw her, she was swimming with sharks. Next. Kind of like Luca Brasi, she sleeps with the fishes. How do you like that? A little refreshing honesty for a change. That's fabulous. 
Anyway, it's 1042 at 560 WQAM. Let's take a look at that schedule day. We still don't know who's on two to four no more because we got the revolving door. And now that we got rid of Mo, do, 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 I mean, do, 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 do. no more Mo, we got Bo at two. Mad Dog, four to six thirty. Another, another real joke. Two and a half hour show. Nice going, Mad Dog. Less work, more money. Keep it in mind. Take it right to the bank. Panther preview at 6.30. The Panthers who are on the verge of being officially eliminated from the playoffs any day now. They're like, I got no shot. Panthers at the Atlanta Trashers at 7 o'clock. Eddie K after the hockey game. Any interest in those Panther runs? No. No. So 7300 bucks online total. That's not too impressive because we had 59. I just looked it up. We had 59 and change on Friday. Yeah. So that means we did 1340 bucks online over the weekend. Not too impressive, if you ask me. Total 11585 We're off to a pretty decent start, though, all the way around. So don't forget, the QM fan will be... Noon to 2. Noon to 2 at the grand opening of Advance Auto Parts, 4380 Southwest 8th Street. And somebody can even sign up to win a $1,000 shopping spree at Advance Auto uh, Parts. Got it? Got it. So let's go for at least a grand a day. What do you say? Between noon and 2. We should be able to do that. Bush declared, oh, you're going to like this. Doug Thompson, the rant now. See, I'm kind of like, I don't know what we're doing now. That makes uh, three of us. Maybe we'll, well do no, another I mean, long break. I beg your pardon? Maybe we'll do another long one. Right now? No, not right now. Uh, at the end of the hour. Well, at the end of the hour. In other words, you're going to save up all the stuff. Uh, oh, not an eight-minute break. Oh, I see. There's like four, five. Oh, yeah, we can do that. That yes, works for me. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll back time you enough time. And then when we come back, it'll be time to go home. Good. Doug Thompson writes on CapitalFreeBlue.com. Bush declares war on freedom of the press. This is great. Just when you think he can't get any better. Remember that last one where he kicked right. him serious ass? Doug Thompson writes, using many of the questionable surveillance and monitoring techniques that brought both questions and criticism to his administration, uh, President George W. Bush has launched a war against reporters who write stories unfavorable to his actions and is planning to prosecute journalists to make examples of them in his war on terrorism. Oh, by the way, he doesn't mention the great deal that uh, the president made in India, though. Nukes for mangoes. Man, good deal. You notice Musharraf was a little uh, P.O.'d, a little porky there right. on his trip to Pakistan. Not too happy. Nukes for uh, India and uh, nothing for you. Remember in Godfather 3? Nothing for you. All for me. <laughs> Bush recently directed Attorney General Alberto V.O. 5 Gonzalez to use whatever means at your disposal to wiretap, follow, harass, and investigate journalists who have published stories about the administration's illegal use of warrantless wiretaps, use of faulty intelligence, and anything else he deems detrimental to the war on terror. That's the catch-all, the war on terror. Reporters for the New York Times, which along with Capitol Hill Blue revealed use of National Security Agency to monitor phone calls and emails of Americans, say FBI agents have interviewed them and criminal prosecutors at the Justice Department admit that they're laying the groundwork for a grand jury that could lead to criminal charges. CIA Director Porter Goss told Congress recently that it is my aim and it is my hope they will witness a grand jury investigation with reporters present being asked to reveal who is leaking this information. I believe the safety of this nation and the people of this country deserve nothing less you like that? Porter Michigas. As part of the investigation, the Justice Department, Department of Homeland Security, and the National Security Agency are wiretapping reporters' phones, following journalists on a daily basis, searching their homes and offices under a USA Patriot Act provision that allows secret and undisclosed searches and pouring over financial and travel records of hundreds of Washington-based reporters. Spokesmen for the Justice Department and Department of Homeland Security admit there are ongoing investigations regarding publication of stories involving threats to national security, but won't reveal what those investigations include. In addition to using the USA Patriot Act to pry into the lives of journalists, the Justice Department has also dusted off a pre-WW1 law to prosecute people who receive classified information, although the law was aimed at military personnel, not at civilians. 
This is the first administration I can remember, including Nixon's, that said we need to think about a law that would put journalists who print national security things up in front of grand juries and put them in jail if they don't reveal their sources. Said David Gergen, who served as President Reagan's director of communication, also worked in the Nixon and Ford White Houses. Political scientist George Harley, who worked in the Nixon administration, says such use of federal law enforcement authority was illegal when Nixon tried it and still is illegal today. We're talking about a basic violation of the constitutional guarantee of a free press, as well as a violation of the rights of privacy of American citizens, Harley said. I had hoped we'd have learned our lessons from the Nixon era. era. Sadly, it appears we have not. In recent weeks, the FBI has issued hundreds of national security letters directing employers, banks, credit card companies, libraries, other entities to turn over records on reporters. Under the USA Patriot Act, those who must turn over the records are also prohibited from revealing they've done so to the subject of federal probes. The significance of this cannot be overstated, says prominent New York litigator Glenn Greenwald. In essence, while the president sits in the White House, undisturbed after proudly announcing that he's been breaking the law, will continue to do so. His slavish political appointees at the Justice Department are using the mammoth law enforcement powers of the federal government to find and criminally prosecute those who brought this illegal conduct to light. This flamboyant use of the uh, forces of criminal prosecution to threaten whistleblowers and intimidate journalists are nothing more than the naked tactics of street thugs and authoritarian juntas. Just how widespread and uncontrolled his latest government assault has become hit close to home last week when one of the FBI's national security letters arrived at the company that hosts service for this website, Capitol Hill Blue. The letter demanded traffic data, payment records, and other information about the website, along with information on me, the publisher. Now, that's a problem. I own the company that hosts Capitol Hill Blue, so in effect, the feds want me to turn over information on myself and not tell myself that I'm doing it. You'd think they'd know better. I turned the letter over to my lawyer and told him to send the following message to the feds. F you, strong letter to follow. <laughs> Cute. Isn't that good? That's great. F you, baby, strong letter to follow. Doug Thompson, Captain, if we had if we had like twenty million if we had a million people like him in America, mm-hmm. him and Michael Moore, we'd be okay. Hell if we had three. And Ryan Philippe. I know you're really upset that he's married to Reese Witherspoon because she's a skank. Oh no, I don't care. Cause what? You might be upset. Not, what, do you mean, what do you mean I might be upset? What am I, I going to do here well, or something? What are you talking about? Well, what are you talking about? Why am I upset? World? I'm doing pretty good. Huh? Why, why would I be upset? I don't care who he's having well, sex with, even if they're ugly. I'm just saying you don't like her, that's all. I don't like her, so. Well, what do you got against her? She's ugly. Well, and she's, she's ugly. Crappy There's actress, a lot of ugly people in Hollywood, okay? Is that the only thing? Is that, if that's the only no. criterion for, huh? No, that's not the she's only thing. She's ugly and annoying, I think, is the other part. I would agree with that. Very annoying. She was annoying last night. She went on and on. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, you know something? They finally cut her off. Good. Or no, was it her that they cut off? No, yeah, I, I saw was... that. I yeah, saw they that. cut her off. Definitely and they faded and went to commercial. I mean, pop, 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 and then the music came up and the way she went. You know, like, that was it. Rightly Rightly so, though, by the way. Yeah. She was going on and on. And not even Ryan Philippe looked like he was. And, oh, well, we should be home in bed, she said, like a little, uh, you know, like they're really doing something. I sure hope not for his sake. He'd be doing better with uh, those guys from Bare Ass Mounting. What was the worst? Oh, there's Jack Nicholson. Crash. He just said it. Crash. That woman in the orange dress almost lost her dress. Well, that would have been great. Oh, there's Ryan Philippe right there. He said, do you believe my psychic powers or what? I am just, I'm amazed at myself. Oh, Darren Kagan, why do you make me do that? What? Mrs. Limbaugh. You always make me flip it on the CNN. I I I change it deliberately as soon as she comes on. I went to school with a kid named Bob with a spoon. I liked him a lot. Yeah. Uh... 652 votes. What was the worst movie of 2005? We just don't have a... We better stop talking about movies like that one guy that called that day. Oh, uh, quit talking about movies. I don't like movies. I, I, I just never heard of such a thing. Only in South Florida could you find a, a retard like that, a lummox, 
You know what a lummox is? Yes, I do. A lummox. The worst movie of the year. Didn't see any 220. That's 35% of you never saw one of last year's movies. There's Ryan Philippe. Mountain near the end because and there's the Matt Dillon. Like oh, this is that good scene where he walks up. Oh, they're not going to play the audio? Oh, no. What happened, Tom? There he goes. Puts his hand out, shakes his hand, and says, uh, yeah, you think you know something now. Looks him, in fact, it looks to me like he's a little right up in his face. You notice that? Mm-hmm. A little too close for comfort. Anyway, uh, 35% of the people in this audience never saw one of last year's movies. You didn't miss much. Crash, you should see. Is there any other one that they should see? Well, Sin City, but that's not for you. What do you mean by that? It's got Mickey Rourke and Bruce Willis in it, and there's no chance that you'll see it, but it happened to be very good. Oh, I'm all right. It's a shoot 'em up movie. You know, I watched kinda... a couple of John Revolta. Oh, he was on there too Comic last night, but he, he has really gotten strange. Stranger, John you Revolta. Mean? Stranger than ever. Looks like somebody stuck a bicycle pump in the back of his neck and blew up his head to about twice the size it was always big before. He He's starting to rival for the big head, and, and the little dog, Joe Rose, for the he biggest was, head in town. He was on for like two seconds, though. Revolta? Yeah, thank God. Same with, uh, what's his name? Same with uh, Will Smith. Well, he's just... Yes, you know, he is. Just lucky. I mean, here there's a guy that thinks he's great, and, and you know it. In other words, he's, he's going to tell you, God, I'm the most talented piece of crap. You know, he just, he got nothing. Didn't see any 228. Duke's a hazard 94. John Schneider's not too happy about that, I'm sure. He's probably not too happy they made that movie. Boy, he sure was pretty. I hate this pool, 58. War of the Worlds, 45. Broke bareback mounting, 41. Bewitched, 34. Boy, we sure loved Elizabeth Montgomery. Why is she dead? I, I guarantee you right now, if there was a God, she wouldn't be dead. That's right. I mean, what, what was not to like about her? Nothing. Just a great, not, not just on that show. The show was, you know, okay. She's just great. Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo, 34. That's Deuce Bigelow. Get rich or die trying, 21. Star Wars 3, 16. House of Wax, 11. King Kong, 11. The Fantastic Four, 10. Doom, 10. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Schmidt, 7. Aeon Flux, 7. Stealth, 6. Electra, 5. Supercross the Movie, 5. The Constant Gardener, only 4. Well, that's because hopefully Lottie didn't see it. Hopefully nobody saw it. I guess four people saw it. Guess Who, 4. Alone in the Dark, 2. Um, hide and Seek, 2. Into the Blue, 2. Domino, 1. Uh, and the other one's got nothing. So, uh, look how many votes we got. 666. Six, six. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> All right. I guess before we do this long break, we got time to do this uh, from it's an editorial. It's not long. Okay. Editorial from the uh, yesterday Seattle Times. Heck of a job, Mr. President. The Bush administration is a substantial credibility problem. Things it says turn out not to be true again and again. Two troubling examples, kind of like Joe Bell. Two troubling examples made the news last week. They illustrate a serious problem rooted in a combination of political arrogance, incompetence, and disdain for the audience. Often, it seems, the White House or the President himself offers the American public an incredulous shrug to punctuate the plea. Who could have known? In Iraq, a virulent insurgency is killing civilians and American soldiers. Before the war, the Bush administration said U.S. military would be greeted as liberators by a grateful public. Almost three years of mayhem and chaos later, the White House blames the insurgency on the residue of Saddam Hussein's supporters and foreign terrorists. Who could have known? In 2003, the White House has repeatedly warned the insurgency had deep local roots and could lead to civil war. Local conditions, not foreign terrorists, would fuel the flames. The information was prepared by a committee of senior intelligence analysts at the request of the U.S. military command. As the insurgency gained strength, what did President George W. Bush have to say? Bring them on. 
A voice of the neoconservative political movement who fired the imaginations of so many Bush political disciples sees the roots of the administration's arrogance in the collapse of the Soviet Union and communist satellites. Right in the New York Times, Francis Fukuyama observed, whoops, the over-optimism about post-war transition to democracy helps explain the Bush administration's incomprehensible failure to plan adequately for the insurgency that emerged in Iraq. He said although they claimed they knew all along that Iraq's transition would be long and hard, they were clearly taken by surprise. Not for a lack of good available information and adequate warning, this past week as New Orleans celebrated a ragged but determined Mardi Gras, the same scenario of information and denial was exposed. Transcripts and a government video revealed the administration and the president were warned in advance about the perils of Hurricane Katrina, the vulnerability of levees, and the potential for catastrophe. The president is not directly responsible for making sure that ice and cots are available, but he's accountable for the urgency of the response by his team. Before the storm hit, he was told firsthand about the dangers, so it is mystifying how he could stand before the American public four days later and declare that no one could have anticipated the levees being breached. Earlier, a room full of people he presumably leads told him exactly that. President Bush is great at sales, but he can't deliver a product time after time. This is Neil Rogers. This sounds like 5:16 a.m. This is the Neil Rogers Show. This is your brain. Any questions? Now, you've seen Jay-Z perform on the Grammys with Paul McCartney. And now, the Hover comes out of retirement. Yeah, 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 yeah. To duet with all the legends. Oh, 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 oh. J.C. Uh, 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 uh. You've never heard more beautiful duets than these. Yeah, 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 yeah. J.C. Duetting with the legend. Yeah, while it's hot, y'all. I rest my case. <laughs> That's the best. It's 1101 at 5.60 WQAM. Happy Monday to you. It's hard out there for a... Uh... Don't forget, noon to two today, the QM fan will be at the grand opening of Advanced Auto Parts, 4380 Southwest 8th Street in Miami. Kaya Ocho, baby. Hey, great, right. That's our crowd, isn't it? Sure. Some people. No. <laughs> no Is of it? course not. Well, mean, it depends on not. how far west Then why are we going there, for Christ's sakes? This was a... Uh, Miguel explained these things to me, because I asked that. Sales thing. No, the, this was arranged way ahead of time. The van had to be there, and Rolly's on vacation, so we can't have two vans this week. Oh, so, wait a minute, wait a minute. Josh, do you understand what he just said to me? I do. Had, huh? I do. Long you before do? the campaign, these were scheduled van appearances, so the van's got to be there no matter what. They might as well be selling the discs. Oh, I see there. what you're saying. So, in other words, this isn't something they're doing for us. It's just that they happen to be there. Oh, and speaking of that, Josh, how did you do with uh, wherever that place was, Barbecue uh, Smoky uh, uh, Bonefish Max with Mad Dog. Yeah, I yeah. got 80 bucks. Listen, I gotta go call my bank now. There's a check I have to stop payment on. For what? No, it's not your fault. <laughs> of course, it would have helped a little bit if you'd been able to tell me where the hell uh, Smokey Joe's uh, was. Smoke Barbecue, Smokey Jones. What is it? Bonefish Max. Bonefish Max. See, we don't even know what the hell the name of it is. By the way, for the future, it's on sample and federal. Well, good. Well, that's pretty weak. Eighty bucks. Well, so, you know, were a lot of people come by there? Yeah. The place was packed. It was a great location. Uh, but, you know, the four people, hey, I will say the four people that came by, nice people, and they did listen from when I announced it from the show. Yeah. So. That well, was... that's not our crowd, though, I guess. We're not the uh, Smokey Jones uh, crowd. 
Okay, definitely not Smoky Bones. It doesn't even sound like Bonefish Mac. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the board bone in it. Oh, God. Will you stop? I'm going to chip another tooth if you don't cut the crab. It's hard out there. I can't there. believe that. Trying to remember you know something? I just, it dawns on me that that's a tooth. Uh, already, that, that little piece of tooth there wasn't for real anyway. That happened once before. Right. So my close personal friend, Dr. Gary... Uh, <laughs> Had put that on there. So if anybody from his office listening, thanks for the memories. You guys are uh, okay, but it didn't last too long. First opportunity came along, and there it went. Just crumbled. Got a great dentist here, though, and I'll be there tomorrow morning. Don't forget, be there till probably about 145. U.S. envoy hints at strike to stop Iran as fast as I can. Now, John Bolton, we know, is a crazy person. First of all, when you see a guy like that with a white handlebar mustache, you know you're dealing with a crazy person. What? Well, what about Wilford Brimley? Like I said, now was he the one that was gay? Was that him? Wilford Brimley? No, that was the other guy. Will, uh, what was that other old uh, cowboy? Uh, a Will, was, Will Gear? Greer? Yeah, whatever. that's the one. Really? Rear, rear, gear? Gay. Something. I had no idea. There you go. I think it was him. Puts a whole new slant on Jeremiah Johnson. The U.S. Jeremiah's what? The U.S. Ambassador to the U.N., John Bolton, who's a certifiably crazy person. <laughs> has told British MPs that military action could bring Iran's nuclear program to a halt if all diplomatic efforts fail. Military action. The warning came ahead of the meeting today at the IAEA, which will forward a report on Iran's nuclear activities to the UN Security Council. The Council will have to decide whether to impose sanctions, an issue that could split the international community as policy toward Iraq did before the invasion. Yesterday, Condoleezza said, in between workouts, nobody has said that we have to rush immediately to sanctions of some kind. However... The Parliamentary Foreign Affairs Committee visiting Washington last week encountered sharply different views within the Bush administration, just like Iraq. Again, same old deal. The most hawkish view came from Mr. Bolton, a crazy person. According to Eric Ilsley, a Labor Committee member, the envoy told the MPs, they must know everything is on the table. They must understand what that means. We can hit different points along that line. You only have to take out one part of their nuclear operation to take the whole thing down. When in doubt, take it out. Una bomba grande, baby. The big one. The big mushroom cloud. It is unusual for an administration official to go into detail about possible military action against Iran. To produce significant amounts of enriched uranium, Iran would have to set up a self-sustaining cycle of processes. Mr. Bolton appeared to be suggesting that cycle could be hit at its most vulnerable point. The CIA appears to be the most skeptical about a military solution and shares the State Department's position, say British MPs, in suggesting gradually stepping up pressure on Iran before we start going off uh, like lunatics in there, okay? Bada-bing, bada-boom, like that, like uh, Dick Cheney. He was drunk, by the way, in case you missed that story last week. Drunk was a skunk. That's why we had that long delay till the next morning when everybody could sober up, get their story straight. All of these. All of these things. things. What? Nothing. Five, six, seven, oh, five. Hey, listen, I am so euphoric, and there's only one oh, yeah. bad thing so far. I mean, the week just started. You notice we didn't even get to the beginning of the show beside the audio vault crashing. That's not unusual. And then Clarence comes in, or JJ, excuse me, Joyce Jr., and regales me with the, oh, can I call you to, what do you want? What do you want from my life? Leave me alone. Leave me alone. And I said that last week, like uh, Greta Garbo, I want to be alone, or whoever said that, Marlena Dietrich, one of those Must have been. dykes. Whoever it was, just leave me alone. There's nothing we need to discuss. I don't need any verbal intercourse with Joyce or with her junior partner in crime. The U.S. Army will launch a criminal investigation to determine whether former NFL player Corporal Pat Tillman's 2004 death was from friendly fire in Afghanistan, negligent homicide, 
See, first they lied about it. Right. All together, they said he was, he was running a hero. up the hill and he got shot by the he was a hero. Got shot by the Taliban man. But then we find out that it was a friendly fire, and now they're having a criminal investigation to determine whether it was negligent homicide. Well, I'm telling you, see, one thing that I will guarantee you, there aren't too many guarantees in life, you know, that crap about death and taxes. There is a third one, and that is that your government will lie to you like crazy. Whoever you work for, they'll lie to you, too. Your employer will lie to you like crazy. But the government will always lie. When in doubt, they sputilize out. Have no doubt. Oh, no doubt. They win anything at the uh, Grammys? Not this year. Good. You know who did, though? <laughs> oh, my God. It's so... I mean, you know, that's that's one of the reasons that Crash is so great. Yeah. Because there are things that we all know that nobody... That's not politically correct to say, the way that people feel you know, about right. each other. And and it just it just lays it right out there for you. There it is. That's it's very the refreshing. It yeah, exactly. Especially like in this day and age where everybody's all, you know, on pins and needles all the time. Right. The Pentagon's Inspector General directed the Army Criminal Investigative Division to conduct the probe. Initial reports after his death said Tillman, 27, was shot and killed by Taliban forces during an ambush April 22, 2004. A later investigation found that fellow soldiers shot Tillman, thinking he was part of enemy force firing at them. Maybe they just weren't NFL fans, okay? Maybe they're like, uh, who knows? They didn't like his team. Was he on Arizona, I believe? Huh? Who? I'm sorry. I'm... Pat Tillman. Yes, well, yes. You... Arizona Cardinals, yes. Jesus. Maybe they weren't Cardinal fans. Of course, there are no Cardinal fans, and who could dislike a team that loses every game anyway? Like the Leafs. What are you laughing about? It's true. Tillman's family demanded to know why his uniform and body armor were burned the day after he was killed and why they were not immediately told he might have been killed by fellow soldiers. Let me read that paragraph again. I hope they sue the freaking government for about $100 million and give me a couple million. I'm not greedy. I just want a little, just a little uh, something. Just want to get my beak wet. Or something. Tillman's family demanded to know why his uniform and body armor were burned today after he was killed and why they were not immediately told he might have been killed by fellow soldiers. His family was notified Friday about the investigation. To the Tillman family, the fact that we have not had 100% complete of all the things that need to be looked at is regrettable. General Peter Pace, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, told reporters on Sunday. General Peter Pace. I wonder if he's got the trots. Second, the fact that as the prior investigations have been reviewed and folks have uh, found there are questions yet to be answered, therefore the investigation is ongoing, I think it's a healthy thing. Not too healthy for Pat because he's still dead. He's deader than crap. A 2005 report from Brigadier General Gary Jones contained sworn statements from soldiers involved in the incident who said they burned the items because they had taken pictures of the scene, walked around, and knew how Tillman had been killed. Initially, Tillman's blood-covered uniform and armor were said to have been destroyed because they were considered a biohazard. Right. Cover up the evidence, baby. That's what it's all about. Burn the evidence. That's what George does. He burns it or flushes it down the toilet. I burn it. First, and then he flushes the rest down the toilet when they're knocking on the door. Jones' report said the soldiers reasoned they knew in their heart of hearts what had happened, and we're not going to lie about it. Where so exactly is that located? About... What? Your heart of hearts. Where, do, where does one find that? Right next to the liver. I see. We weren't thinking about proof or anything. After looking into the previous investigations, that's one of the most stupid expressions. How you're in your heart of hearts. Uh, I know, I hate that. That's why I, I hate pe I hate not just the expression, I hate people who say it. They need to be shot. Uh -huh. And the armor burned. After looking at the previous investigations in Tillman's death, the Pentagon's inspector general determined the RV never, never went through the process of conducting a criminal probe. 
The investigation process will not necessarily result in any charges against U.S. soldiers. Two years before his death, he walked away from a $3.6 million contract with the NFL's Arizona Cardinals to serve in the military. He was posthumously awarded a silver star, which that and 40 cents will buy a half a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Tillman was a member of I.M. Well, we know that. There you go. Another lie. by Just like during Vietnam and Westmoreland, they all lied and lied. And there was Kissinger pieces in our hand and all this other garbage. And no, we sure as hell didn't kill nobody in Cambodia. We didn't do anything. Right. Right. Your government lies and lies. I can't stand liars, baby. That's why I think it's time for me to just fly away. Just say bye-bye like Ron Diaz, man. He knew when to get out. He was yes, an he idiot. Did. He was an idiot, but he knew when the hell to get out. It wasn't that idiotic. I think he was allergic to all them lice that were crawling around in Ronnie B's dreadlocks. That was disgusting. It was disgusting. I mean, it's one thing to put on a persona on the air, but when you're doing a radio, I can see if you're doing a TV show, you know. Mm -hmm. When you're doing a radio show, that's what always struck me about that creep. Walked around with it like these dreadlocks and like uh, try to be. Uh, what was he trying to be? Cool. Well, cool? Don't you know? A Yahoo from Tampa is trying to be cool? Yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Tampa's about as cool as an elephant's uh, fart. Oh, sorry, Joyce. As an elephant's... Absolutely. Fart. See, I was going to hit the bleep, but I didn't do oh, it. I see her. Too bad. Screw her. Joyce and her uh, boyfriend. I hope the two of you live uh, happily ever after, Joyce and Junior. I can just see them wandering off into the sunset. I think that's a good match, don't you? Okay. Twelve minutes past eleven. Oh, and you know, the interesting part of it, I don't know if this has crossed your mind at all. Let me know. Because we got this basketball game coming up on Thursday and probably or possibly, hopefully, one on Go Friday. Go Canes. Aha. Uh -huh. No, not just that. But it's in Greensboro, the ACC tournament. Okay. So who do you think is going to be there? Right. See what I'm saying? I don't yeah. know if that's crossed your mind. And, of course, being, no, it didn't, now, it doesn't, uh... being now that he's actually running the joint, it should be fairly obvious that he can leave and go wherever the hell he wants and do whatever he wants and, and just take another two, three days off. Oh, i got basketball to go to now. And be sure and charge up your BlackBerry now, Josh, and wipe behind your ears. Behind your rear. God. Oh, there's George Clooney. I don't know about him. Um, we're the ones who uh, talk about AIDS when it was just being whispered. And we talked about civil rights when it wasn't really popular. I'm proud to be a part of this. Academy. What is it you don't know? What? What is it you don't know about him? If you like him? I don't know whether I like him or not. Oh, good guy, bad actor. Well, not a bad actor, just I mean, he, mediocre. Politically, I agree with right. you know, all of his stuff, and he's making all the good statements. And like he did mm -hmm. last night, he was very good. But there, there's something about him that I find disturbing, in addition to which, and it's not his fault. It's people with bad eyesight, you know. In uh -huh. fact, he made, a, he made a crack about it last night. Sexiest man, 97. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sorry. He he's about as sexy as Kevin Costner and you. I, I put the three of you in the same category. Well, well, I do apologies. No, I'm, I'm just talking about bland looking, not not yeah. ugly, but just like a nondescript. Like, not not very good, nondescript. I'll and take there's it. nothing wrong with nondescript. It sure as hell beats ugly as Listen, hell. I work, me. I work hard to come up from ugly to nondescript. Well, good. I'm working on it. And I think when they put me in the box, I'll probably look my best. Fourteen past eleven at QM. Finally, a TV experience like no other. Believe me, Comcast Digital Cable with On Demand is easy to use, has lots to love. And today you can try it for only $34.99 a month for three months. Why is TV so much better with On Demand? Well, for starters, you can watch a wide variety of movies and shows whenever you want. It's a revolutionary new way to enjoy TV. On Demand is a library of thousands of programs ready to start when you say so. With programming including free movies, kids shows, music videos, cooking shows, sports, home improvement shows, guitar lessons, and so much more, you'll always have something good to watch right when you want to watch it. 
And don't forget about control. With On Demand, you can start, stop, pause. Don't forget, J.J., about control. With On Demand, you can start, stop, pause, rewind, fast-forward programs using that remote. You can't get all this with satellite. That's for dang sure. With up to 250 channels plus On Demand, you can build your own TV schedule. You couldn't possibly ask for more. And best of all, On Demand is free with Comcast and digital cable. So pick your showtime. Sit back and you wonder how you ever lived without it. Call today. Order Comcast digital cable and HBO with the power of On Demand for only $34.99 a month for three months. In Dade, call 305-COMCAST or in prestigious... Call 954-COMCAST. This is Neil Rogers. <laughs> this is 560 QAM. The flagship station. At 560 WQAM, 11,585 for Bannon Pet Rescue so far. Well, actually, 6,585, but we'll, you know, we'll goose up the total that's psychologically. Right. Huh? Sure. Well, that's what we got. We had to get the first five grand to pay off the measly Beasleys. Oh, I'm sorry. This just in. Colleges which accept federal money must allow military recruiters on campus. Despite university objection to the Pentagon's don't ask, don't tell policy on gays, the Supreme Court ruled today. Justices rejected a free speech challenge from law school professors who claimed that they should not be forced to associate with military recruiters or promote their campus appearances. Chief Justice John Roberts wrote the decision which was unanimous. Law schools have become the latest battleground over the don't ask, don't tell policy allowing gay men and women to serve in the military only if they keep their sexual orientation to themselves, just like in professional sports. Many universities forbid the participation of recruiters from public agencies and private companies that have discriminatory policies. Roberts, writing his third decision since joining the court, said there are other less drastic options to protest the policy. A military recruiter's mere presence on campus doesn't violate the law school's right to associate, regardless of how repugnant the law school considers the recruiter's message, he wrote. The federal law, by the way, is known as the Solomon Amendment. All right. Named after my grandmother, Anna Solomon. <clears throat> Did you know that? I didn't. I did not. <coughs> oh, God. Oh, and a good news in case you missed it on our website over the weekend. I'm sure Josh saw it as he was putting the stories up there. Blackberry, R.I.M. settled. That's right. That's hot. <laughs> what is it, $460 million or something like that they're paying? Actually, they were blackmailed out of it. They were blackberry mailed. Another one of these companies that gets patents on things, and they have, they have no intention of of developing the products, but they just get the patents well, so that they can go ahead and uh, squeeze money out of other people when they come well, along. That's what you get it. when you go taking people's patents and making money with it. Yeah, patent pending. It's like George Eastman has stole all of Tom Edison's patents, and then he found out that he stole them from somebody else, too. Right. 
Let's see, who and what was Truman Capote's claim to fame in the name of J. Edgar Hoover movie, uh, I guess, bio and the actor who played it. Uh, there was a J. Edgar Hoover movie? Okay. okay <laughs> so. sounds, sounds kind of gay to me. Am I missing something? Was there a gay Edgar Hoover movie? In fact, I, this whole fact sounds kind gay. of to me. Same, the same theme, a recurring theme. Look how they spell played, plaid. Yeah. Truman Capote wrote In Cold Blood. Story of those two murderers. Where was it? In Kansas? I don't know. You tell me. He was an author. And he was a real, he was a uh, kind of a screamer. I mean, I'm going to tell you, he was the worst stereotype for gay in the history of the human race. Was true. And if you don't believe me, and of course you'll never see any of those old clips, which you're lucky you won't. And as far as gay Edgar Hoover, she did like to dress up. And I don't remember if there was a movie. I don't think so. There was a book. What the hell was that called? It was a great book. Talked about him dressing up in dragon. How he was buried next to his boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Both of them face down. That was his boyfriend's name. Clyde Tolson. Clyde Tolson. Very good. Excellent. I wonder if he was kin to Deacon Dolson. Who? From Mass Appeal. Deacon Dolson. Don't remember that movie with Jack Lemmon? No, I remember Deacon. Charles Durning. Deacon Justin. No, his name was Deacon Dolson. Because I'm taking so much today. And he said both. Men or women. Both. That was bad. That was the wrong answer, I think. Five six seven oh five sixty. You might intersperse a call or two here today. We haven't had any. Hey, that piece of equipment's working. Might as well take advantage of it while you What's can. What's that? The phone? The you phone? Mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well the uh, whisperer was the first one, so probably gonna, it doesn't bode too well. Yeah. No, he's not going to be on. Well, he but, might, but it won't get yeah. on the air. WQAM. Hello. Hey. Good morning, Uncle Neil. How are you? Yes. Okay. Listen, uh, real quick uh, about the Pat Tillman thing. Uh, from what I had read about so far, prior to this, uh, the cover-up starts not with the soldiers because they knew what they had done, and not even with their platoon commander, who was a lieutenant. Uh, it started with the captain, the company commander, mm-hmm. and it worked its way up. Uh, everybody was, you know, the junior officer and the men were saying, we need to report this, we, we screwed up. And, and they said, dummy up. Right, exactly. That was the situation with that. Now well, that's the American effing way, man. Exactly. Now, the trick is how far up the chain of command the cover-up went after the captain. You know. Abu Ghraib. Yeah. There you go. Spanking good time. You just, bet. Just so that you know, Heck of a job. Heck of a job, Mr. President. Anyway, thank you. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Bye. <clears throat> Boy, I think I got to that. Bacon is killing me. There it goes. Huh? Speaking of that, what's that thing you bought me this morning, Josh, from the wild beanery over here on the corner? They got this great new thing. I don't know what it's called. Oh, great. It was good, though. So glad I asked. He brought you a wild bean? No, it was I like some sort of... news for you, too. I don't know how much it cost you. I know your, your heart's always in the right place in your heart of hearts, but <laughs> those, those clod hopper uh, yeah, steel the, belt uh, and radio belt that you rubber bands. Me, yeah. uh, I guess it'll have to be till next year, because there's not going to be any more snow or ice here, period. Well, just uh, stick them in the closet. you got there, a lot of there, room there in there. Is no, there is no snow. I don't want to get you burst your bubble. No, it's and, all right. Uh, Friday, they're saying sunny in 52, and Saturday, sunny in 58. Ow! Oh, my God. Hey, they just had that freak snowstorm in Wisconsin, so you never know. take advantage of a global warming. I mean, it's going to... It's going to be gone, but we'll be dead. So what do we care? You know, not the same attitude as your president. Why the hell should we care? We'll all be dead anyway. That's what he said. Right. WQAM. Hello. Neil, we spent 18 years together, my friend. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, too bad. WQAM. Hello. Not there. Like I said, I think I should stick to my pile. Because I don't think there's anything. Well, there probably are some other movies on here that were horrible during the year, but these people, since they don't see any movies anyhow, how would they like vote for them? Five six seven oh five sixty, pound five sixty. The Verizon Singular Wireless Line. WQAM. Hello. Prozac the nukes. 
Okay, one last one, line nine. You know what this is going to be. QAM, hello. Okay. All right. I said get back to your point. Huh? I said all right. 30 years in the market, and this is what we got in South Florida, baby. Monday, the 6th of March, market down. This is what we got. Of course, after we saw those numbers on Friday, we realized that we're playing with like about a tenth of a deck anyway. Remember that about the guy wanting to hear that thing about who's a deck and yada, yada, yada? That's right. We got a a tenth of a deck. We got the Joker. That begins with a J. And we got J.J. Joyce Jr. WQAM, very briefly. Oh, not that one. QAM, hello. Hey, good morning, Neil. Yes, sir. I was listening to uh, your attorney over the weekend. Norma, yeah. Yeah. Uh, why he doesn't help you is beyond me. His, his show is just totally ridiculous, and he's in he's in dreamland. He's in Wallowland. That that is correct. You got him pegged perfectly. That's right. He fancies himself a broadcaster, a baseball guy, a big paid agent. He, he's uh, in a dream world. He's just uh, what he is. You know. Have a good day. You too. Twenty. No, actually, he did uncover some uh, real dirt there on Friday. Though we had an interesting conversation in the afternoon, and we finally found out. Just like it's exactly like that scene in. Godfather, where they're in the car after the meeting of the five families, and uh, Marlon Brando says, "Till this day, I thought it was." Uh, he says, uh, "How does he say it?" Tataglia's a pimp. No, no, but he says, uh, "Till this day, I didn't know it was." I didn't know. Was, I didn't know until this day. Tataglia's a pimp. Oh yeah, because he says something to him about Tataglia. He says, right. "Tataglia's a pimp." Right. Until this day, I didn't know it was Bazzini all along. Bazzini. And then, of course, Bazzini. <laughs> nice suit, but uh, well, got a few holes to be patched. 27. Oh, there's your favorite Reese Witherspoon. Honored the woman she played. And people used to ask June how, how she was doing, and she used to say, I'm just trying to matter. And I'm just trying oh, to shut her from up. Tennessee for crying out loud. What do you want from that bitch? In, I want her to go away. No, no chance no. Oh, to think that she's doing the Ryan Philippe makes me very, very angry. See, told you. You all know the name, Dry Concepts, the best in carpet cleaning company in town. I've been using them in my homes for over 21 years and talking about them and raving about them for that time, too. So before you go out and spend thousands to replace your carpeting, give Dry Concepts a call and let them bring your carpets back to life like a miracle. They leave your carpets vibrant in color, soft to the touch, and stain-free. Dry Concepts is the only company that I trust and the only one you ought to be doing, too. I'm sure you already know it, but just in case you don't, Dry Concepts also specialize in drapery cleaning, upholstery cleaning, deep cleaning of your expensive leather furniture, and lots more. Without a doubt, one of the best things you can do for your oriental area rugs is to use a quality underlayment. It's essential for extending the life and beauty of your area rug. It provides critical cushioning and prevents skidding and hard floors. During the month of March, give a call and receive 15% in savings on all underlayment padding. Dry Concepts, they always give you professional service, always show up on time. Carpet cleaning, water damage restoration, pet odor treatments, mattress cleaning, and lots more. Call the very best, trust the best, Dry Concepts. Call them tool-free in Dave Broward in the Palm Beaches. And be sure and tell them that old Neil told you to call 1-800-248-5071. That's 1-800-248-5071. Or on the web, dryconcepts.com. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Suck it in and hold it. All right. All the way. Dancing with the stars when I drew a shade. Like Kelly Monaco. 
You know what his claim to fame is? I give up. He's Nick's brother. Oh. 20, and he was in 98 degrees, and he uh, did look very gay. 27 to noon at QAM. We got Bowen at 2 in the uh, 2 to 4 no mo slot. In fact, let me take a look at the rest of the week. What do we got in there? We don't have too much to do. Oh, we got Bo tomorrow. And then on Wednesday, we've got the uh, baseball, Marlins. And then Thursday, we've got the basketball. And oh, But that game is over like, uh, what, what does that mean? I don't understand this. Well, that's right. It's only a couple of hours. College basketball game is pretty short. So we got Geldy Thursday at uh, two to four, and then on Friday we got Curtis two to four. So we got all kinds. It just keeps revolving, spinning around and around, like Perry Como in that song, "Find a Wheel." And it goes anyway. You want to get really pissed off? Okay, sure. Why not? I got nothing better. No, you will. Me. Forget about Perry Como. I want you to sit very attentively and listen to every word. This is the kind of crap that gets written. In this this is one of the reasons that you should never listen to movie critics to determine oh. whether you want to go see it. Huh? Way ahead of you. I hate critics. For the, only Gene Siskel had a... You this know. is on the Nation's website. The Nation, which ordinarily we love. Katrina Vanden Heuvel and David Korn and John... What's his name? Uh, we love all those people. I don't know. Yeah, you do. Nichols. Very good. Well, you should know because you're plastering them on there. And all those guys. Richard Kim says Crash is the worst movie of the year. <laughs> see, I told you you'd, get, you'd be gagging on it. Yeah. Yeah. God is punishing you. Listen, as a film studies major, I've been trained to sit through any cinematic experience from Andy Warhol's eight-hour-long Empire, yes, eight consecutive hours of the Empire State Building in real time, to Derek Jarman's Blue, an hour-plus of unchanging blue screen, dramatizing Jarman's age-related blindness, and never abandoned ship. Incidentally, I love both films, he says. It took all this training and more to endure this year's Academy Award winner for Best Picture, Crash, which I saw this summer in Alaska its entirety. I've already written about how I'm not a huge fan of Brokeback Mountain, the other Oscar contender, but it is definitely a better film than Crash, which I would have walked out on had it not been for my stalwart companions. While critics like, while white critics like Roger Ebert, who proclaimed it the best film of the year, and David Denby of The New Yorker loved it. Denby wrote that it makes previous movie treatments of prejudice seem like easy and self-congratulatory liberalizing. I couldn't disagree more. Easy and self-congratulatory liberalizing is the epitome of the film. To my mind, Crash's central message is, there's a lot of racism in the world, but it's all rendered meaningless by a magical force. This force is called sheer coincidence. I'll happily spoil the denouement for anyone who hasn't seen it. The racist white cop, Matt Dillon, sexually molests a black woman, Thandie Newton, but is really a good guy because he saves her from a car crash, and oh, because he loves his ailing pup, Poppy, who can't pee. His partner, Ryan Philippe, his partner's anti-racist protests are really irrelevant because he ends up killing an innocent black teenager, Lawrence Tate. 
Meanwhile, a rich racist white woman, Sandra Bullock, unfairly suspects a Latino locksmith, Michael Pena, of being a crook, but it's okay because her Latino maid and best friend takes care of her when she injures herself. And on and on through a compassionate conservative rainbow of cast members, each with their own neatly moralistic but totally individualized racial melodramas, as with a well-awarded musical Avenue Q, the moral of Crash is, don't worry, everyone's a little bit racist. Anyway, he says, my amateur film criticism aside, you'll find a good dissection of Crash by sometime nation writer Jeff Chang and Sylvia Chan at Alternate. L.A. Weekly critic Scott Foundas called it the worst film of the year. I agree. Oh. Does that right tell you? Make you sick. Yeah. Make you want to puke. That's why I don't listen to critics. Soothes the lot of them. He, he didn't even get it. He doesn't no, even get no. it. No, How about just based on entertainment value? But it's not just entertainment value. There's it's not a, there's, just, but there's it's, a it's, that's fantastic you talk about, message right. in there. Even there's, there's like truth. Right. Without that, because I go to movies and to I, get I, think I think this mincing queen can't handle the truth is what it is, you know? You're fairy. Well, whoever this guy is. Anyway, we didn't put Crash on our list of worst movies of the year because we wouldn't, uh, cause some of you would vote just to be a smartass and we're not going to let you do it. Idiots. 773 votes. What was the worst movie of 2005? We might get 1,000 today, I doubt it. In fact, I'm not too sure we're going to get 1,000 bucks at that, uh, you know. Based on this phone here today, my God. You know, it's a real good thing. I don't want to get you nervous about the summertime, but wow. Eh, whatever. Just, just every day, just do the same poll. Just say, like you did that one time. What? what? Yeah, and then, you know. And then just make up an the answer, sure. Yeah, they don't, build a poll from they there. They don't answer your question anyway. What was the worst movie last year? Didn't see any. 263. 34% of the audience didn't see any of these. Dukes of Hazard 115. I Hate This Pool, 70. War of the Worlds, 54. Brokeback Mounting, 49. Bewitched, 41. Douche Bigelow, European Gigolo, 41. Sounds good. Get Rich or Die, Trying, 24. Star Wars, The Turd, 16. House of Wax, 13. See, why didn't they just bring back the original and bring the old 3D uh, glasses out again in the theaters, and let, you know, with Vincent Price? Okay. It was in 3D. I wonder why that didn't last too long. Did you ever see a 3D movie? Sure, several. Really incredible. It, it's I mean, incredible, really but it's uh, you know it gives people a headache and it's a pain in the ass with the glasses and oh. uh, you know. Fantastic Four Eleven King. Uh, what is it? King Kong Eleven. Doom Eleven. Harry Potter the Goblet of Fire Nine. Yeah, drink this, Harry. Aeon Flux Nine. The Constant Gardener Seven. Moving up the list and ought to have like 700. Is the worst piece of swill. And probably the guy that wrote this thing on the nation. He probably liked that. He probably thought that guy. What the hell's the guy's name? I, I can't pronounce his name. Which guy? The guy, the actor in the Constant Gardener. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you do. I don't. Okay. Oh, Rafe. Ralph. Who? Ralph. Rafe. Yeah, that, no, I don't know. Fines. Yeah, that's the one. Ralph Fines. Rafe he's Fines. Just, he's just. Uh, oh, we're fine. They're very good in Schindler's List, as the uh, Nazi. Well, another reason for me not to watch it. He's great. Stealth 7, Electra 6, Supercross the Movie 5. Guess, look, when there's some old Getsky with a beard on there in the first five minutes, you wonder why I turned it off. I don't want to see a movie about old Jews with big hats. Guess Who 4, Hide and Seek 3, Alone in the Dark 2, Into the Blue 2, Domino 1, Mamere, Undiscovered in Nine Songs, Have None. 779, that's because nobody saw him. Now, let me ask you something. Um, oh, there, when a stranger calls, I guess that's 2006, right? That's this year's movie? Yes. Good. Because that certainly would qualify for the list. I haven't seen yeah. it, but I saw the previews. That's all I need to see. He's in the house. <laughs> okay. You don't need to see the movie now because the guy that's calling, he's in the house. 
Not that they spoiled it. I mean, what, what were they thinking about? They were thinking about the money. No, they're not going to get all these punks never saw the original and don't even know it exists. With so. Charles Durning, no less. And the guy that played that played the crazy uh, murderer, I don't I remember what his name was, but he was good. I think he died, didn't he? I don't know. I forget. He, well, he wasn't like a famous actor. He was just uh, very... He was perfect for the role. I don't think he had to act much. He was kind of strange. Not as strange as John Bivolta or Tommy. You fairy! See, that's the irony of the whole Brokeback Mountain thing. Hollywood is famous for doing this, you know. you got so many of these closet people sitting there all dressed up in their, in their tuxedos and dressed to the gills. All, all these closet people sitting in that big crowd. And, oh, it's so great. A tender love story and finally breaking through all the uh, stereotypes and uh, the prejudices against sexual orientation. Yeah, you mama, okay. You spineless coward, you... You fairy! This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Back in, in the church. I'm going to change my way. Stay away from us, okay? And it's the reason I played that is we got uh, more. Just when you think he's gone away and hiding under that yeah. burka, more shenanigans. His brother, New York Daily News, is in a feeding frenzy about this book that uh, his brother Jermaine is writing. His brother admits Jacko's thing for young children. He's got a thing. Yeah. Jermaine Jackson feared his kid brother Michael might be guilty of child molestation, but backed him at trial because he thought the pop star would commit suicide in prison. According to a bombshell book proposal obtained by the Daily News, what it really boils down to is the whole family has been, you know, siphoning off of the cash, the cash cow, and that's why they supported him. But now that they find out they can write books and make like zillions more because he don't have any money left, uh, they're doing that instead. Plus, he's probably cut them all off now that he's over there in Bahrain. He's probably got his thumb inside that uh, doobie 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 deal. In a tell-all outline shopped to publishers just weeks after Michael's arrest in November 2003, Jermaine described the Pop King as a sometimes out-of-control drug and booze abuser with a calculating mean streak and a thing for young children. No. The eight-page proposal for Legacy, Surviving the Best and the Worst, 
list Michael Jackson's preferred substances as Vicodin, Demerol, Codeine, Percocet, Cocaine, Jack Daniels, and <coughs> wine. That Jesus juice, baby. Wow. Does he really know what he does with these kids? Does he really know what he does, Jermaine wondered. I don't want to tell you my brother's innocent. I'm not certain that he is, Jermaine said in the tome teaser drafted by author Stacy Brown, who co-authored Michael Jackson, The Man Behind the Mask, with a singer's former publicist, Bob Jones. Not to be confused with Bob Jones from the university. But Jermaine's still unpublished tale is the ultimate insider look at the troubled star. He admits that the family has protected Jacko's image and says that Jackson also cheats, lies, even changed the color of his skin. No. Even the pop star's behavior with his own nephews left his family shaken, according to Jermaine. He recounts uh, the family coming together after the death of brother Tito's ex-wife in the mid-1990s and finding Michael sitting on a bed with Tito's young sons and holding them in a disturbing manner. Jermaine also dished about the singer's bizarre behavior shortly before he surrendered to authorities to face charges in November 2003. Holed up in a Las Vegas hotel room, Michael calmly watched a Pinocchio DVD with his three children in his lap, but he later flew into a rage, trashing the room and breaking every glass lamp and dish in it. The protected big brother vowed to help Michael beat the rap because Michael couldn't survive one day in prison he'd commit suicide. Other bombshell teasers, uh, teasers in Jermaine's outline include... That during the Jackson Five days, Michael's brothers feared he was gay. The brothers met lots of women while touching and while touring, and they were touching, <laughs> touring, and all eventually fell in love. But Michael, he wasn't interested. We used to say quietly we couldn't have a gay brother. Surprise! <laughs> Michael hates Jews because he thinks Hollywood mogul Steven Spielberg, Jeffrey Katzenberg, and David Geffen stole the idea for DreamWorks Studio, including the Boy on the Moon logo from him. But the Jews are the powerful ones, and they've done a lot to put my brother in his place. Just another N.I., you know the rest. That's a devious and calculating Michael uh, squashed his brother's solo musical careers, but the family stood behind Michael despite pain, doubts, and misgivings, unwilling to give up their li uh, little brother. And, a little more, there's like, I mean, the Daily News is in a, like I said, feeding frenzy on us. Michael Jackson's two older children by ex-wife Debbie Rowe were fathered by a sperm donor, not the natural way as the pop stars insisted for years, according to Brother Germain's 2003 proposal. My brother purchased children, Jermaine 51, says an outline for his never-published to tell-all. Roe, the mother of Prince Michael I, who is nine, and Paris, who is almost eight, was paid several million dollars to carry the artificially inseminated babies, Jermaine says. It's like a sanctioned black market, he say. Jermaine cattily referred to Roe as a woman nobody would ever look twice at, and said the only reason Michael married her was to appease his Muslim pals who don't approve of out-of-wedlock pregnancies. Huh. I wonder what the Arab street's going to think about this. Jermaine offered no explanation for how Michael acquired his third child, four-year-old Prince Michael II, nicknamed Blanket, whose mother's never been identified. Maybe it was an immaculate contraception. When Roe and Jackson divorced in 99, she signed a confidentiality agreement that barred her from ever discussing the child's paternity, Michael's mental or physical condition, purported drug use, sexual behavior, according to a 2005 court document. Roe is currently battling Michael for access to her children. She previously surrendered to parental rights in 2001, but won them back in 2004 when a court found improper procedures that were followed in the first action. An appellate court recently backed Roe's parental rights. Now a judge will decide what's best for the kids. Oh, I think having them over there with that pervert wearing them little burkas, I think that's probably what's best. Don't you? I do. 5670560. Oh, kind of a weak start on the phone here for this Monday. Maybe they're all uh, worn out from that big 30th anniversary bash last week. Or maybe they're worn out from the Oscars last night. Pound 560 in the Verizon and Singular Wireless Line. This doesn't bode well for the rest of the week. Good thing we got all them ball games. Jeez. Yeah. How are we doing on the vote count? 806. Not too bad. We're going to make our 1,000, I do believe. You think so? We could. 
And we could do it. And don't forget, just in a matter of minutes, the QM van fact, they're probably lying. That's where they are. They're not calling because they're all lined up at the uh, advanced auto parts. The QM van will be at grand opening of advanced auto parts, 4380 Southwest 8th Street, Miami. CDs and T-shirts will be available. You can sign up to win a $1,000 shopping spree at advanced auto parts. The CD, the About 30, man. CD and the T-shirt, which has got the same logo as the SCD, they'll be available, and uh, they're 20 bucks a piece. All benefit abandoned pet rescue. 11585 going today, and that's in less than the first week. That's not too bad. We'll take it. We'll take whatever you got. You got some money, we'll take it. Like they say, Woodbine. You got some money, just hand it over. WQAM, hello. Hi, is this the Neil Rogers show? Yes, ma'am. Uh, could you ask Neil a question for me? Sure. Because uh, my husband and I have been racking our brains that he might know the answer to this. And I know he knows he's been in Miami in a lot of years. Uh, there used to be an Italian restaurant in Miami near Jackson Memorial Hospital that was like an old stone house that was there for many years. And then later on, they moved to South Miami. And I know you walked in and then you stepped down to a room. We can't remember the name of this place. We've asked everybody we know. <laughs> and it's driving us mad. So somebody, know... somebody will call it in or fax it in, believe me. You're right, right. right. I'm, I'm listening now. I'm in the car. So, you know, if there's any possibility... <laughs> Okay, thanks. All right, thank you. Bye. Bye. Anybody know? I've got any idea. That's not necessarily my neck of the woods over there by Jackson. I don't know. I'll ask Neil when it's time to talk to you. Ask Neil uh, when uh, if he knows. I'm pretty sure he doesn't. Five six seven oh five sixty. So let's help out that lady. She and her husband have been racking their brain. It's one of those things, you know, like uh, the name of that actor. What was the name of the actor? Which one? I don't remember which one it was. <laughs> five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty. The Verizon singular wireless line. QAM, we have no balls. WQAM, hello. QAM, hola. Neil, how are you? Uh, okay. I, I tried to call him last week. Happy anniversary. Uh, it's late. Listen, I, I, late. I, never, I, I never thought these people, you know, I thought it was a limit to how far these people would go, but they're framing Iran like they did Iraq, and there's the, the media taking it just like they took Iraq. Yeah. They're laying down the foundation again, you know? And, and these people are just taking it, and, and later on, there's going to be more people writing how it's a good idea to go into Iran. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, uh, another thing, I don't know how these people at QAM make it harder for you to make them money. I mean, that is the stupidest business decision I've ever seen in my life. Well, they're just, uh, they, they, they know it all. I know nothing, and we got uh, Joyce and uh, J.J. Jr. and Clarence, and they're the experts, and the, uh, they, they know it all, man. Between the but, two of them, what they know about radio can put in a thimble. But, Neil, you said last week, and uh, I agree with you, that you never signed a contract to work for Joyce. Why do you keep on uh, taking it if, that, if her rules are the uh, FRA? Well, we, we tried to hammer that out on Friday. Now, Clarence is going to call me at 2 o'clock today, and I think he's going to hear a dial tone very very uh, shortly <laughs> into that call. All right, Neil. I Have a great day, Pally. No, I just, I'm just uh, tired of the crap, man. I'm just, uh, I'm just fed up. They just keep, they, they don't know what the hell to do, so they just keep changing and changing, and this one is doing this by long distance, and he forgot he's a Blackberry, and he's, uh, you know, grow up already, will you please? Just grow up. Because like I said earlier in the show, and I really mean this, I mean, the, the prospect of three more years of mm. J.J. browbeating us, and, uh, you know, I mean, it's like a fine wine, you know, if you keep putting water into it, you finally water it down, it's like nothing but a, a glass of colored water, you know what I mean? What do you mean? I don't know. What color water? The water's the the water's not too bad, and the money's even better. WQAM, hello. Okay. 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 Yeah, call me. 
All yeah, right. Call him. Call him. Hello. Please. Hello. Yeah. Oh. Who is oh, that? Oh, oh. <laughs> what, what was that? I think we caught him in the middle of something. There's a guy Obviously. cheating on his wife. Make no mistake about that. WQAM, hello. Neil, how you doing? Pretty good. On a Saturday night, I was coming back from Doral, and I was trying to listen to something. I was stuck with five Spanish channels and Joe Zagaki. I don't speak a word of Spanish. Oh, brother. Talk about yeah. being a rock in a hard place. Rock I don't speak a word of Spanish, but I chose a Spanish channel. I don't blame you. All right. Have a good day. Okay, thanks. Good choice. Maybe they were playing like little Cela Cruz La Cucaracha stuff, huh? Can't be all bad. Put you in the right mood. Or could have been. WQAM, hello. Hey, good morning, Neil. Happy 30th. Yeah. I was one of the five people to buy that uh, CD on Friday, and I wanted to thank you for putting it together because... Four. Don't get carried away. It was only four there. You mean by Josh, where Josh was at the Smoky Bones? <laughs> no, it was before 12 on Friday afternoon. But be that as it may, I did want to uh, let you know that I appreciated it very much, and uh, all the cuts made me laugh. Good. Appreciate Excellent. It. That's the idea, man. Thanks a lot for your help. Don't forget, the van is right there. I bet you it's there now. Right down there on Calle Ocho, another fantastic location. Friday, they were over there on a uh, road that on Baltimore Boulevard, a road that nobody ever heard of before, much less has any idea where it is. And uh, the result, I think, bore that out. Anyway, they're uh, at the grand opening of Advanced Auto Parts, 4380 Southwest 8th Street, Miami. I can see once again this year that this uh, whole fundraising thing is going to be manipulated based on sponsor advertiser considerations and promises that have been made as opposed to where can we go today for a couple hours and uh, raise the you know largest possible amount of money for the cause. But again, since it was their idea in the first place, uh, that's where it goes. 4380 South, you follow what I'm saying? What do you say? Now, every year it's the same crap. That's why I didn't want to get involved in it because they, they, they play with us, man, and don't even feel good. 4380 Southwest 8th Street, Miami, at Advanced Auto Parts. Go over there with a whole bag of money, okay, and help out them little puppies and a couple of little kitty cats, too. Little Kit Kat. I got to be honest with you. As much as I love candy, I don't like Kit Kat. Don't you? No, I don't. I like. It's got like. It's got, it's got like a. What, what's inside of it? Like a wafer cookie. Yeah, yeah, wafer. I don't. Like I don't like wafer stuff. Wafer. No, no. It's good not for me. Good for your soul. Me. No. I do like graham crackers though. Yeah. Mm, I haven't had that in years. Oh. You'll be pleased to know my blood sugar this morning was 86. Oh, All right. Yeah. I'm, see, I'm I'm a survivor, as you know. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to do it in spite of them, in spite of J.J. and uh, J. and J.J. and all this other crap, in spite of them. Possible hazardous materials uh, situation, a situation at a building in uh, Atlanta. The building had white powder in it. There was a bag that came from within the prison system with white powder. And, of course, we know that all the terrorists are in the prison system, and they're sending out that anthrax. This is Neil Rogers. This is 
family home. I asked you what would be safer than an unchecked freighter with a suitcase on When those bombs explode, oh, goodbye, we will make you die. Thank heaven for tiny heaven, for we now control most of our lives. Cash or terror, we were given to the Muslims who hate women. Yahoo's dirty little secret. I always told you I hated Yahoo like poison, and you didn't believe me. I believe it. Well, with good reason. The branding experts did a good job with Yahoo. Everything about the Internet giant evokes a groovy vibe from the name itself to the company's bright purple colors, wacky font, and fabled Silicon Valley work culture. Creativity, innovation, and freedom are the catchwords. Yahoo wants people to associate with its brand. The problem now is that the company is actively colluding with the Chinese government to help identify Internet dissidents to be thrown in jail. Not cool. Yahoo has a Chinese-language portal hosted inside China with a search engine that filters out all websites and keywords deemed unacceptable by Chinese authorities, writes former CNN Beijing bureau chief Rebecca McKinnon in a recent Nation Online exclusive. It doesn't inform users that the content is being censored in any way. Yahoo also offers a Chinese-language email service hosted on computer services inside the People's Republic. Because the user data is under Chinese legal jurisdiction, Yahoo is obligated to comply with Chinese police requests to hand over information. Such compliance over the past several years has led to the jailing of at least three dissidents. An Amnesty International report adds an investigation revealed that of four American Internet technology companies operating in China, Yahoo, Google, Microsoft, and Cisco, Yahoo has most actively aided repressive forces in China by helping to put in jail political dissidents. Nice. Prominent Chinese blogger Zhao Jing singles out Yahoo for even greater scorn than Microsoft, a company that complied with the Chinese government's request to shut down his blog. A company such as Yahoo, which gives up information about dissidents, is unforgivable. He said in an interview with Fortune magazine, it would be good for the uh, Chinese citizens if a company like this could be shut down or get out of China forever. Zhao continues to post in Chinese at anti.blog-city.com, which is available overseas but blocked in China. Some of his recent posts can be read in English at Our Conversation, which is maintained by McKinnon, now research fellow at Harvard's Berkman Center for Internet and Society. As a publicly traded company, Yahoo can be very sensitive to public outcry, and this issue should have a relatively easy time gaining traction. Most people of all political stripes, other than extremist wackos, both left and right, and uh, those with lots of Yahoo stock, can get behind a campaign calling on one of America's most well-known companies to stop aiding communist China's repressive tactics. Communista, communista! So take Amnesty's suggestion and click here. It's got a link. This is on The Nation, by the way. It's written by uh, Pete Rothberg. Rothberg. Oi! On The Nation. 
Click here to tell you. It's on our website. Is it not, Josh, the story? Yes. Yes. To tell Yahoo that if it wants your business, then it better stop helping authoritarian governments repress their citizens in the countries in which it operates. Media attention can also really help. So click here, and it's got a link, to find contact info for your local newspapers and talk radio stations. Well, this talk radio station is already on it. How do you like that? I bet you they're not talking about repression in China on the ticket, are they, huh? I doubt it. They wouldn't know where to find China on a map, much less the Yahoo. Although they do have, we have a Yahoo sales manager now. Sounds like a good guy, Yahoo. Mm-hmm. He's from North Carolina. He talks yep. with a real heavy. He sounds like John Edwards on a bat. And by the way, I dislike John Edwards intensely. I'm sorry. Intensely. I never liked him in the first place. But he was on Eat the Press yesterday, which I didn't watch it, but I saw some of the clips later on. He was debating fat face. I think they used the same bicycle pump to stick in Jackie Kemp's neck that they did with John Revolta. Because his head like busted up like, like Jerry Lewis, like a balloon. But anyway, uh, Edwards was on there. Oh, just sucking up, and well, we, you know, the Arabs. We don't want to discriminate against Arab nations, and we, we you know, oh, he's just an idiot, mm. just a real drooling Yahoo, John Edwards, my ass. Here, Justin, Major Bolton. No, I don't think anybody really remember the story about the nanny. Which one? The nanny cam in Fort Lauderdale. Oh yeah. Broward State Attorney, they decided to drop all charges against Claudio Muro in the nanny cam case. Experts said the hidden camera footage that appeared to show the Hollywood nanny physically abusing a then five-month-old baby could be unreliable. Unreliable, the state said. Miro was charged with eight counts of child abuse relating to the October 2003 incident. The child was not seriously injured, but the parents got suspicious when they saw a bruise and said the child cried when she was near Miro. Saw a movie with uh, Jodie Foster. What the hell was the name of that on TV over the weekend? It was, uh, it was okay, where she played the um, victim of a gang rape. Oh, um, was it uh, Whitney? Yes. No. What is it? I'll think of it. She won an Oscar or something for that movie. She was good in that. Yeah. Kelly McGillis in that? I don't know. Who's that? The Kelly blonde, McGillis. Uh, yeah. If it's I what remember I think Gillis it from the Life of Riley show. I'm blank because my head's like a bubble. And I remember Dobie Gillis. Anyway, uh, do a Google Zodi Foster. You'll see it right away. Hey, she was very good. No, I think she won an Oscar for that. And she wasn't even... Uh, see, the problem with her is that, uh, you know, and maybe it was only the one movie. Is that, it was only uh, Silent Slams. It's a great movie, but her performance on mm-hmm. there was not only bad, it was very... Dis- Dr. Rocker. Dr. Rocker, that phony, affected the accent. Accused. The accused. That was it, the yeah. accused. Yeah, that was a good movie. I, I wouldn't... I mean, if it's on TV, it's worth watching. I wouldn't, wouldn't go out and buy it or rent it or, like, you know, steal it even. But it, it was worth watching. Yeah. That was good. It's about a gang rape. Mm-hmm. The video, anyway, appears to show Miro shaking the baby so hard that the girl's head jerked around, kind of like Linda Blair in The Exorcist, just spun around four or five times. It also looks as if the nanny slammed the child on the floor and slapped her. It looks like that, but uh, only portions of more than 78 hours of digital recording were saved because the child's parents wouldn't turn over the hard drive of the device, saying they feared the footage showed private family activities. How do you like that? Private family activities? Yeah, that's what I say. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. Pizza maker backtracks on restrictions for new Catholic town. Remember that story we had Friday about that Farbison and Tom Monahan? Mm-hmm. Domino's pizza founder, Thomas S. Monahan, who was helping to bankroll the birth of a southwest Florida town and university, backtracked on Friday from comments that he'd like the community to be governed by strict Roman Catholic principles. So we got that town of Missouri that wants to be all Christian. Or at least the Christians running it. And we got this guy that wants a town that's all Roman Catholic. Roman Catholic. How do you like that? 
His ideas about barring pornography and birth control, he said, apply only to the Catholic University. Well, oh. we know that Catholics are not into pornography, which is why the Vatican's got the world's largest porno collection. Right. There are a lot of, well, they have to have something to stimulate that Swiss guard. You know, they get kind of bored standing around like that. There are a lot of misconceptions, Monahad said Friday, or miscontraceptions. Both the town of Ave Maria and its, uh, can't you just hear Johnny Mattress singing that now, the harp in the beginning? Oh, I just hear it on Columbia Records. Ave Maria. Crap. Was that a hit? It was a major smash. Both the town of Ave Maria and its Ave Maria University, the first Catholic university to be built in the U.S. in four decades, are set to open next year about 25 miles east of Naples, where the Beasleys are, where Joyce is over there in Naples. I'll say it myself. Well, there's that crazy John Bolton with the mustache. Looks like Jerry Colonna in drag. He's a crazy person. Make no mistake about it. He's absolutely, they ought to have him in a rubber room with uh, Mr. McMurphy. Randall McMurphy, that is. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Cheswick. Monaghan's comments Friday contrasted with statements he made last year to a Catholic men's group in Boston that pornographic magazines won't be sold in the town, pharmacies won't carry condoms or birth control pills, and cable TV will carry no X-rated channels, God forbid. I would say I just misspoke, Monaghan said Friday in an interview with the Associated Press. The town will be open to anybody. Right. Once they found out it was unconstitutional, Un unlegal, and unacceptable, then all of a sudden he changed his tune. See that? Mm-hmm. Monaghan entered a cloud of comment early in the week while his attorneys were reviewing legal issues surrounding his original ideas. Yeah. The ACLU of Florida had promised lawsuits if the proposals were instituted. Florida Attorney, Florida Attorney General Charlie Crist said he saw nothing in Monaghan's proposals that violated state law. He wouldn't let you in there, Charlie. I guarantee you that. Not your kind. The town is being developed through a 50-50 partnership with the Baron Collier Company, agricultural and real estate firm. Baron Collier and Monaghan will control all commercial real estate, and the town will not allow adult bookstores or topless clubs. However, it merely will suggest, not prohibit, businesses from selling adult magazines or contraceptives. We're not going to censor any of that information, but in deference to Ave Maria University, we're going to request that they not sell that merchandise, but we're not restricting, said Baron Collier CEO Paul Marinelli. Contraceptives will not be distributed on campus because they want to make damn sure that those Roman Catholics reproduce like rabbits, which they're famous for, make a lot of good Catholic babies as the numbers uh, battle continues. You've got the Muslims and the Catholics and the Catholics and the Muslims reproducing like cockroaches, baby, like rats. Marinelli said the town would welcome synagogues as well as Baptist churches. We're not going to discriminate against anyone, whether it be religion, race, ethnicity, or sexual orientation, said Baron Collier, executive Blake Gable, adding that homosexuals will be welcome despite the church's belief that homosexuality is a sin. Also, contrary to Monaghan's earlier statements, because it's patently illegal, the town will not restrict cable TV programming. And by the way, speaking of illegal, I want to tell you right now, the American public might sit still. They might sit back while this, uh, people like Jay Rockefeller and Kate Bailey Hutchinson are introducing this fascist legislation. They want to, uh, they want to extend their, <clears throat> their incredible chilling uh, business. And, of course, they had a dump two, three times on ABC last night on the Oscars. They want to extend it to satellite and cable. Well, you know what? Satellite and cable don't come over into your house through the public airwave. Oh, they yeah, have well, they, they have days. They have no jurisdiction, <clears throat> none. Because if they can do that, then the next thing's going to be the Internet. They're going to go back and try that again. Right. And then it comes into your house on right. a wire. And then private okay. conversations that you're having, uh, you know. Right. Well, they're already doing house. that. Right. They're already doing that. And especially if you happen to be a Washington journalist who exposes them for all the chicanery that's going on, then they're going to follow you and hassle you and maybe just shoot you. Or maybe your plane will fall out of the sky like Paul Wellstone. Uh-huh. 
By the way, how's uh, what's her name doing? Speaking of planes falling out of the sky, Catherine Harris. Catherine Harris. She's still lovely. 13 at 560 WQM. If you're hungry, I mean, if you got a big appetite, then you'll love John the Baker. What day are they coming in again? Tomorrow. Oh, not wasting any time. Well, of course, we got those ball games and everything with the amount of food they bring in. You don't want to be there on a short short day. You want to make sure you got all four hours to eat the fantastic feast they bring in. John and Baker, two locations for you. They're on Pines Boulevard at the Home Depot Center, just west of Flamingo. And the brand-new John the Baker at the Sterling Town Center, Sterling and Pine Island, Rona, Cooper City. The food is fresh. It is delicious. They give you big, gigantic portions. The prices are right, teeny and tiny, so you can take the whole family and just pig out all the time. Sausage and peppers, chicken parmesan, baked ziti, or lasagna, all your favorite Italian goodies. And don't forget, John and Baker's world-famous garlic rolls as big as Shaq's head. And they're out of this world, too. George and Josh have tried just about everything on the menu. They really rave about the fantastic sloppy sausage sub to good old spaghetti and meatballs. It's all great, and it's all fresh. And the pizza, as good as it gets in South Florida. So take the whole family, or call ahead for takeout in Pembroke Pines. Call 954-431-4315. Or in Cooper City, call 954-252-0091. Always huge portions, always the best Italian food, always affordable, too. It gets no better than John the Baker. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Log on to WQAM.com and register to win an authentic autographed Vladimir Guerrero baseball, courtesy of Presidency Imported Beer and Sports Radio 560 QAM. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. After being off the air for nearly two years, the groundbreaking show that redefined family returns to HBO on March 12th. It's the season premiere of The Sopranos. Hey, Tony, how you doing? Who the hell are you? Tone, it's me, Christopher, your nephew. I don't know any Christopher. I don't have any nephew. Tone, what's wrong? Well, how's your wife? Is she okay? What wife? You're married. Wait a minute. Am I married to the Russian hooker with the one leg? No. Am I married to Annabella Giora? No. Who the hell am I married to? I don't remember. Carmella. Carmella who? Then you've got two kids. Two kids? I don't remember anything. The only thing I remember is I signed a bunch of financial papers. If you can't remember what happened on The Sopranos, don't feel bad, because the actors can't either. Hey, Tony. It's me, Paulie Walnut. Who the hell is Paulie Walnut? Me, I'm Paulie Walnut. Where'd you get that name? You gave it to me, T. I give you the name Paulie Walnut. I don't remember. The only thing I remember is I signed a bunch of financial papers. Hey, don't be too hard on the Sopranos. Honey, do you remember what you did two years ago? Tony, we need to talk. Wait a minute. Who are you? Are you Carmella? I'm your gumad. What's a gumad? Your girlfriend, you stunard. I'm not even Italian. Do you have anything to do with the financial papers? Hey, Tony. You again. I don't remember your name. It's Christopher, your nephew. What, what, what? We got to talk about Adriana. Who is this now, Adriana? That's my other wife. No. My girlfriend. No. Who is it? She's my fiance. Oh, how's she doing? You had her killed last season. My what? Yeah. Does she have anything to do with the financial papers? No, she went to the feds. Who the hell's the feds? The Sopranos are back March 12th with a second episode, July 14th, 2009. <laughs> I think I'll pass. Too late now to get started. Twelve nineteen yeah. at QAM. How are we doing at that QAM van? A whopping forty dollars. Oh. Uh, he also wanted us to say that it's drive-through service. You don't have to get out of your car to get a CD. Miguel's out there. You just pull yeah. on up. So they'll come right to on through there. They'll come to you. But then, how do you sign up to win your thousand-dollar shopping spree if you just whip right on through there? Good point. Yeah. 
Well, maybe he can give you, like, the entry blank to fill out all that. I think probably the people at Advanced Auto Parts would rather that you went inside and spent some money or at least looked around, you know. Of course, I don't do too much shopping in the auto parts store. I don't know about you guys, but not as much I as I used something. to. Huh? Not as much as I used to. Interim report. Well, I better play this as the uh, setup for this story. Don't get in that Mercedes. Princess Di, we're begging, please. Paparazzi's coming after you. You're going to crash into a wall. No more rich guys for you. Princess Di is gone. Oh, Princess Di. Princess Di is gone. She's really gone. Went into a tunnel. Hello, wall. <laughs> Very, very strongly. An official British inquiry into the 97 death of Princess Di in that high-speed car crash has found no evidence of foul play. A newspaper reports today. The Daily Mile said the interim report to be published in May by former Metro Police Commissioner Sir John Stevens will dismiss conspiracy theories about the deaths of Diana, her boyfriend Dodie Fayette, and their chauffeur Henri Paul <laughs> in a Paris tunnel. These theories include an allegation that Prince Charles was plotting to kill his former wife by staging a car accident. Fayette's father, Mohammed Al-Fayed, who owns Harrods Department Store in London, has said he not only suspects Charles, but also his father, Prince Philip. That old toad. Uh. The two-year investigation by ten detectives say that even a skilled racing driver would have had difficulty controlling the Mercedes carrying Diana as it hurtled through the Pont, Pont d'Alma tunnel in Paris, the Daily Mail says. The newspaper said a French judicial sources at one point in the story but did not identify them. Nobody cares. Nobody here cares. That's for damn sure. All that silly Brit crap. Yeah, about what? 873 votes on a poll. I care about that. We're going to make a 1,000 today, which is pretty amazing considering the fact if you looked at his phone today, you'd think the transmitter was off, wouldn't you? You would. I can't recall a day in, in months, maybe years, when it's been this sparse. Right. I, I think they shot all their emotion last week during that anniversary week. Maybe maybe we did, too. Maybe that's why it's a good thing we got all these ball games, you know? It's damn good. In fact, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about something very convenient because that conversation, that call's coming from Clarence at 2. I may be able to take more extra time at the dentist tomorrow. What are you laughing about? You know what I'm saying? Oh, I told myself a joke I never heard before. Oh. Well, no, because the appointment's at 9, because that's the only time they could squeeze me in. And, uh, yeah, that's not a big deal. It's not an emergency thing. But it would be nice to get that all fixed up and shiny and, you know, whatever they do. Right, buffed. I don't, I don't think they can do that, though. How do they, uh, what do they do? They make a fa false tooth? That's what that was before. Right. Right? That's what and they, they like, glue it on. That's right. Evidently, not very tightly, but they are. <laughs> I don't want to be picking on my good buddy, Dr. Gary. Why? But I I got a dentist here now, and, uh, what was the worst movie of 2005? 877 votes. Didn't see any. 299. Still 34% of this crowd didn't see any 2005 movie. You know, come on, man. What is it? What is it with you peoples? Dukes of Hazard 126. Uh, and, and we're not suggesting you see any of these because these all suck. But, I mean, there were some good movies, right? Like Crash. And right. Sin City. Sin City. What else? I'm done. That's it. Yeah, I hate this poll 75, broke back, uh, broke ass mounting 90, uh, 64, War of the Worlds 58, Douche Bigelow, European Gigolo 48. I just like the way that sounds. Nice mm -hmm. alliteration. Bewitched 47, Get Rich or Die Trying 26, Star Wars The Turd 17, House of Wax 15, Doom 13, Fantastic 4 12, King Kong 11, Aeon Flux 10, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire 9, Stealth Scott 9, The Constant Gardener is moving up to 8, Electra 8, Supercross the Movie, 5, Hide and Seek, 4, Guess Who, 4, Alone in the Dark, 3, Into the Blue, 3, Domino, 2, Nine Songs finally got one, Solamente Uno, 
and Ma Mary, and undiscovered got the nun at age 77. Is that like Volare? Ma Mary. Is that like that? What does that mean? What, Volare? Ma Mary. I have no idea. How about Mare? Olinda Mare. He kicks him far, eh? Olinda Mare, man. He started to choke last couple of seasons. You know that, Josh? He started to become a choke artist. Yeah. <laughs> Not that we're upset about that. Forty bucks out there have been promoting it since like 10 o'clock. 4380 Southwest, 8th Street in Miami, Advanced Auto Parts. We got no calls. Well, actually, now they're all ringing. I don't know. And no, and 40 bucks out there. That, that's a real kick in the ass. Out there, a little Havana, you always tell me that's our audience out there, man. I didn't say little that's Havana. That's our right audience. Now. All those old green tooth Julio, yeah, no right. speaking English. Communista, communista, that's our crowd. WQAM, hola. Hello. Nelson Roger Solomon, please. Speaking. Hey, Neil. Um, in your opinion, what was your favorite movie of 2005? I didn't get to hear that. I'm sorry. No, the poll wasn't the favorite. It was one of the worst movie of 2005. Well, Crash. You know, Crash the Academy favorite. Awards were on last night. I was just wondering what your favorite Crash. Was. Crash was your favorite movie? Yes. Uh, left me shooting blanks. But um, I liked uh, Harold and Kumar. What about that, George? Yeah, it was very good. Was that 2005? Right. Yeah, but I did like Crash. Right. Neil. So we got three. Okay, thanks. Get a new phone. Sound like he was about to crash. Should have left Seriously, I mean, you know, we're not going to steer you wrong. If there's anybody out there who hasn't seen Crash, you really ought to get it. Go out and buy it, steal it, rent it. Right. Right. Like Hijack it. Illegal copy. It's just, and you know, the song was up for also, it didn't win, but you know, the best original the song from a movie. Right. I don't know what the name of the song uh, was. Shame on me. No, I don't think that was it. What? Shame, shame on, on me. me. Oh, shame on you. Fool me once. Shame on Bubba. But anyway, no, the uh, song, and it was very reminiscent because we talked so much about the movie being very much like Magnolia and right. that it was all these different, you know, very, very similar. Mm -hmm. And there's a song in there that was reminiscent too, as a matter of fact. Ah, not, but it wasn't reminiscent of this, the other one. What was the other song from Magnolia? Wise up. Wise up. But but uh, they're very similar. And mm -hmm. uh, you, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. i got to watch it again. I think I'm going to watch it again this week. Majority of them are my better take a couple of calls. WQAM, hello. See what I mean? WQAM, hola. Buenos tardes. Yes, sir. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was an absolutely terrible movie. Did you see it? Yes, it was. We need to add that. What is it? Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Okay, add it. Thanks. You seen it? Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, so sorry. Me too. WQA, WQAM, hello. Oh. WQAM, hello. Yeah, you know, on Friday I tried to buy something from Miguel and he took off because I, I had to go and get cash. What's what a jackass. What an idiot. Yeah, it was like 10 minutes. I was back at 1 o'clock. He owed yeah. me. Never, talk right, to Julio, never trust the Julio that was born in Chicago, man, but thanks for your reference. Buy it online. Yeah, we're uh, sucking wind out there at uh, Advanced Auto Parts. That's very unfortunate, but then again, uh, you know, 4380 Southwest 8th Street. I don't want to say I told you so. I, I, I pretty much always know when it's going to be a, a losing proposition, don't mm -hmm. I? Yeah. I've been around the block a couple of times. I know that neck of the woods. Remember, he used to be on uh, Southwest 8th Street, as a matter of fact. Did you? Remember who used to be on there? Who used to have a pizza joint on there? Who did? Wasn't he on 8th Street? Flagler Street. Flagler, yeah. Well, same difference, man. 
In fact, uh, I think uh, the old WSWFUN, uh, that's where we started WNWS for a couple of months. And then we had the flood when the waters came out of the door and flooded out the whole building. And I did the show in my, in my uh, bare feet. Did you ever do a show in your bare feet? Well, I did a lot right there. That's why you got all that's that right. schmutz, all that olive oil on the floor. That's uh, wearing off. What, what the hell was I thinking about? Actually, they have uh, Dr. Uh, is it Scholes? That's, that's has some great cream stuff, man, for your feet, especially if you're diabetic. And people like smooth and like, ooh, man. Oh, I better go smear some. 28 past noon at QM. Beach Ford has gone mad. It's madness in March all this month at Beach Ford. They just missed having a record month last month. So this month they're going to break the record. They are, they're just sticking with it. Right now, extended camp Ford 150s are as low as 249 bucks a month with 995 bucks down, plus fees with approved credit and a 39-month lease. Madness in March at Beach Ford means you must be mad. You must be nuts not to take advantage of rebates and discounts of up to $10,000 on all new and used vehicles. If you're not in the market for a new car but you do know somebody who is, be sure and send them into Beach Ford because if they take delivery in March, Beach Ford will send you 200 bucks in cash, and that money comes for their advertising budget so it won't affect your friend's price at all. Don't miss out on this once-a-year event, Beach Ford's Madness in March. Extended Camp Ford 150 is as low as just 249 bucks a month. Discounts and rebates of up to $10,000 and 200 bucks in cash just for referring a friend. So get your ass in there, Beach Ford, two miles east of the Golden Glades on 163rd Street and West Dixie Highway. I guarantee you, I'll bet you anybody's life on it, you will love your Beach Ford experience. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Are beautiful tonight on Fox American Idol. It's Dick Cheney. Who shot and uh, he just got a bird, 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 bird. It was dreadful. I don't know who you could get better. It was just weird. He was saying off key. It just was terrible, dude. Terrible. Tonight on Fox. Caramel's the word, baby. Bird's the word. 1233 27 to 1 at QM. We got Bo, Kimba Bo Camper at 2 this afternoon. Any interest? No. Uh, then we got Mad Dog 4 to 630. And then the Panther game. The Panthers, who are rapidly fading from the playoffs, who will uh, trade away Ole Jokinen, by the way. And then probably won't be able to re sign Roberto Luongo. And then they're going to have, like, no franchise left. Well, that's the way it goes. Uh, here's a fact. says, listening to you for the first time since January. Moved to Phoenix, listening on the internets. After 20 years in South Florida. I feel like I got paroled. Congratulations, whoever you are. Everyone here is friendly and happy. Just like here in Toronto, eh? Not everybody, but most. The only people speaking Spanish are my landscaping crew. I used to live in Plantation, which is becoming more and more like Hi, Aaliyah. I sent George's favorite all-time facts a few months ago. How do I explain to my children blank? Remember that? Yes. What was that, a poll? I forgot. Oh, uh, just, uh, anyway, my company gave me a $12,000 raise to get the hell out of Florida, paid my moving expenses. Weather is in the mid-70s, sunny in the day, cool at night. It'll get hot from June to September, like Vegas, no big deal. Some of my friends are moving to Atlanta. Oh, that's not a good move. Another couple's moving to North Carolina to replace uh, our sales manager just came down from there. People are escaping South Florida. You are... Absolutely correct, sir. Miss your show, but not enough ever to come back. We'll listen on the web occasionally. Sincerely, South Florida sucks and love it out west. How do you like that? Mm-hmm. I knew that. Yeah, that's another reason we got real tourists. Not only have we got all these illegal aliens pouring into the state and coming up on rubber rafts, but uh, our people are all bailing out. Maybe that's why more and more, more and more, are listening on the internets. Also for the bond, this is uh, silly. Maurice, fan since '87. I voted for. I didn't see it. Or he wants to vote for because I'm too wise to pay for a bad movie. Uh, really? No thanks. Thanks, Maurice. Keep listening. Cut the crap. Wait till you hear this. 
Okay. WQAM, hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Just picked up my CD and tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, they, uh, it was, you either got Miami Heat tickets or Fighting Rooster. I took the tickets. Okay. He's got a few pairs left, so they better hustle out and get the CD. Okay, thanks. Sure glad he said Rooster. Yeah, what, now what the hell, what tickets for what? Like I know. Miami, Miami, Heat, Miami Heat tickets. Did you I say anything that. in this promo says anything about that's Miami Heat said. tickets? No, maybe that's a secret. Oh. Well, we sure wouldn't want to tell people that because then they might actually show up. Maybe he's scalping them out there. <laughs> no, I think somebody already sold them on eBay. Parents complain about books undertones. Wait till you hear this. This is what I want. I said wait. I didn't mean that call, obviously. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, good. Thank you very much for your help, Pally. Savannah, Missouri. I didn't know there was a Savannah, Missouri. I know there's Savannah, Georgia. Yeah, same difference. A children's book about two male penguins that raise a baby penguin has been moved to the nonfiction section of two public library branches after parents complained it had homosexual undertones. The gay penguins. Oh, God. Be very, very worried about the gay penguins. Every day. The illustrated book, And Tango Makes Three, is based on a true story of two male penguins named Roy and Silo who adopted an abandoned egg at New York City Central Park Zoo in the late 1990s. Maybe on that young Neil bit. Remember he's talking about the egg hatching? That's right. I remember that story, as a matter of fact. They adopted an abandoned mm -hmm. egg. That's right. It's touching. The book, well, maybe they were touching each other too much. The book written by Peter Parnell and Justin Richardson was moved from the children's section at two Rolling Hills Consolidated Libraries branches in Savannah and St. Joseph in northwestern misery. Two parents had expressed concerns about the book last month. Oh, we're afraid of those gay penguins. What kind of a message does that send to our children? Next thing you know, they'll be saying that in the animal world, there's fags. Barbara Reed, the Rolling Hills director, said experts report that adoptions aren't unusual in the penguin world. However, moving the book to the nonfiction section would decrease the chance that it would blindside readers, she said. <laughs> we have to protect the readers, and we have to yeah. censor the books, and we have to monitor your phone calls, and we have to beat the crap and follow journalists around if they don't write what we like, and yada, yada, yada. Majority of Americans believe Iraq's civil war is likely. An overwhelming majority of the public believe fighting between Sunni and Shiite Muslims in Iraq. In fact, I think that's what we finally ought to say about it. I see that Tom Harkin says, let's get it all out right now. Mm -hmm. Withdraw. Let's just uh, throw our arms up in the air and say, ah, Shiite, and get the hell out. They believe fighting between Sunni and Shiite Muslims in Iraq will lead to civil war, and half say the U.S. should begin withdrawing its forces from that violence-torn country right now, according to the very latest Washington Post-ABC News poll. The survey found that 80% of Americans, as dumb as they are, and believe you me, they are dumb. Believe it. See, the thing of it is, like, you know, all these uh, stories like the one we had last week about they know the names of the judges on American Idol, but they don't know the First Amendment or any of the Constitution. Um, you know, maybe it's not all that important to know all these historical things and know about uh, your country, but, but at least it's important to know a little bit about the rest of the world. I mean, you know, unless you're just in a total cocoon like a flamingo with its head in the ground. That's right. An ostrich. But that's uh, America for you, man. They're obsessed with crap. Because there, there's no profit to be made by educating the public. In fact, quite to the contrary, because that's when they become dangerous. That's when they start revolting. And they're pretty revolting. Eighty percent believe that recent sectarian violence made civil war in Iraq likely, and more than a third said such a conflict was very likely to occur. Expectations for an all-out sectarian war extended beyond party lines. More than seven in ten Republicans and eight in ten Democrats and political independents believe civil war is likely. More than seven in ten Republicans. How do you like them apples, huh? Uh-huh. W. You idiot. What do you say? Abu Ghraib. Fool me once. 
In the face of the continuing violence, fully half, 52% of those surveyed said the U.S. should begin withdrawing forces, but only one in six favored immediate withdrawal of all troops from Iraq. Well, count me too. Now, before any more, you know, they showed that horrible picture, that poor guy, that kid uh, hobbling around. He's got almost both legs missing. He's got an artificial limb, uh, limb on one leg. And he's got the le- uh, and there's Bush sucking up to him and shaking his hand. Another nice photo op like he really cares, you know. The new right. survey reflected a sharp decline in optimism sparked by the sectarian violence that flared in Iraq since the bombings of that revered Shiite mosque two weeks ago. Since then, deadly confrontations have occurred between Shiites and Sunnis. They're crazy religionists, don't you understand? And one thing we ought to know is you don't mess with crazy religionists, okay, like those Farbis and the Goyim, like the Jews and the Goyim and the Arabs in the Middle East. Enough with that already. Like I told you a zillion times, if they want to kill each other, throw a stale homotash at them and say, here, have a good time, go at it. Don't forget, great foreign policy uh, coup, though, by the president on this last trip. Nukes for India, and we get mangoes in return. And you know what the interesting part of it is? There's only two foods that I'm allergic to. One is mangoes, and the other is, um, what's the green melons? Honeydew melons. Okay. Isn't that ironic? I'm allergic to the uh, bark, mango tree I mean, instead instead of the nukes, couldn't you just taken Kid Curry over there? I mean, we're not doing anything with him these days. Just take him over there. They like that curry. Well, what's the story with him anyway? Is he out? Yes. At Power 96? Look at what's going on, man. There's some real shenanigans going on at Beasley. Trust me when I tell you. Greg Reed, out. Uh, Curtis, uh, what that was, Raymond Burr, the previous sales manager, out. Uh, Kid Curry, out. Water Nazi, out. Or at least very soon. I still think we ought to auction off all their memorabilia on eBay. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Well, I guess it would be nicer to test me clean for one day. But I don't want to go a day without a tranquil feel. I take a daily dose twice. Of Saturdays with good weed. No wonder they discovered me. Snoozing with my head like a pillow on the steering wheel. I know when I've had too many Xanax. Especially when my face is on the floor. Oh, I might need some time off from drug devotion. Can I get a male nurse, baby, if I visit Steady Ford? Oh, I gotta stay baked. You fairy. 1244 at 560. Let's get that report from uh, Vance Auto Parts. 280. Well, that's not too bad. And by the way, that guy's a crazy person. There's no heat tickets going on or whatever he said. He got the... Look, just lie about it, okay? And get more people yeah, he out He did, there. yeah. What's wrong with you? Let's see. Uh, 16, 8, 11. Uh, well, we're, very soon we'll be over 12 grand. Right? Right. We got 11,865. Yeah, I mean, if we can get, well, what, so I guess we shoot for 500 out there, right? Because it's just not, it's not right, our we'll take it. <laughs> oh, my God, this is so sad. By the way, I think I'll tape the phone conversation at 2 when Clarence calls today. You notice he couldn't even give me like a half hour to make me a burger or something, have a little lunch or make me a kielbasa. Well, I'll put him bottle. off if you want. If no, no, that's okay. No, I'd like to get it over with because I think it's going to be short. But I'll be more than happy to tape it for you and then we can like play it on the air. Okay, here, excerpt. I've been trying to tell you people for years, do not waste your money and risk your life 
on cruise ships. Haven't I been trying to tell you that? Yes, you yes. still won't listen to me. Uh, More than 200 passengers who left Miami on a Royal Caribbean cruise last week returned Sunday as survivors of gastrointestinal illness. <laughs> Over the course of the seven-night trip on Explorer of the Seas, 243 of the 3252 guests and 19 of the 1184 crew members experienced what is believed a norovirus, according to a statement released by the cruise company. The viruses are a common cause of infectious gastroenteritis prevalent in hospitals, <laughs> nursing homes, cruise ships, and other semi-enclosed environments. Royal Caribbean said in the release that a passenger apparently brought the virus on board, and all those affected were treated. As passengers disembarked at the Port of Miami yesterday morning, many complained that they'd been confined to their cabin for about five days. Some said they experienced chills, diarrhea, and fever. Oh, man. Like I said, diarrhea and a fever. Normally, the cruise is great, said passenger Joe Clifford, who spent more than ten grand for his family to go on a cruise. This time it wasn't. Whoa, oh, Joe. Say it ain't true, Joe. Joe Mama. Isn't that pathetic? Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty now, sad. Normally it's great, but this one time, you know, just this one time, I'll let you ask me about the family business. Okay. <laughs> Noroviruses are thought to affect an estimated 300 million people around the world every year, the cruise line noted. The ship which made stops in Belize, Mexico's Yucatan, and it came out. How about those two, uh, that Canadian couple that went down for their uh, daughter's graduation or whatever it was in Mexico or a wedding, and they got killed? Mexico. Right, yeah. And uh, nobody knew nothing, you know. I right there warned them about that. Yeah. Don't go to Mexico. I keep telling you, people, do not go on cruises and do not go to Latin America. I mean, I mean anywhere. The ship which made stops in Belize, Mexico's Yucatan, and the Cayman Islands. Oh, Cayman Islands. Sailed from Miami February 26th when a docked in Georgetown, Cayman Island on Friday. Health authorities demanded the guests with the illness remain on the ship. Royal Caribbean said it worked with Cayman Health Authorities to follow isolation recommendations by the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Now, here comes the coup de grace. Oh, God. This is the best. The cruise company said all guests who were isolated due to the illness received a 50% credit for a future cruise. Mm -hmm. Oh, that, that is the all-time best, okay? We want to compensate you right. for peeking your guts out and having wild, screaming diarrhea. And so, therefore, we're going to give you a 50% credit for a future peek your guts out and have wild diarrhea in your pants cruise. What, what's not to like, That's right? That's pretty magnanimous there. The statement said the company's taken pro proactive steps to control and eradicate the illness transmission. The steps include heightened sanitation procedure for crew members, enhanced cleaning procedures like they might wash their hands once a week, special cleaning products, and disinfectant for the company's ships, and additional physicians on board for the Explorer of the Seas, which was scheduled to sail yesterday. How do you like that? Nope. Sign me up right now. Oh, yeah. Ten grand. They could have gone, like, to anywhere in Europe. They could have had a hell of a time. Could have gone to a nice, decent hotel, a four-star hotel, five-star even. Had some fantastic meals. Seen some wonderful things. Gone to Roma, Berlin, Amsterdam, Stockholm, Helsinki, Munich, München. Right. Torino, if there is such a place. All, all, all these uh, All of these places. things. But no, they go on a cruise ship and spend thousands and thousands for the honor of being stuck on there out in the middle of Rye. And, of course, then when it gets to be rocky seas, then you're really puking your guts. Oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look at this. They just discovered somebody's concerned over this Dubai company managing the U.S. ports. Haroon Siddiqui, who writes in the Toronto Star, actually, uh, even though it's online, I feel more like, I don't know, more kosher reading it right out of the paper. Isn't that exciting? Yeah, it's a thrill. It is. I'm squeezing it. 
He writes yesterday, Bush nukes legal and ethical constraints. Bush nukes legal and ethical constraints. Iran, that's what the Americans call Iran, pronounced Iran. This is a minor matter compared to how the U.S. is bullying Iran over its nuclear program, even while rewarding India for committing worse transgressions of international nuclear rules. All nation states operate in their own interests, of course, but American disregard for the law and the moral and political inconsistency of its foreign policy has set a new low under George W. Bush. On Thursday, he signed an historic nuclear deal with India, a Santa Claus giveaway, said the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace, with little or no regard for its impact on the effort to contain Iran and North Korea. Friday, he was in Pakistan rejecting a plea from his host that they, too, be given access to civilian nuclear technology since they are in the same boat as India, having developed the bomb on the sly and refusing to sign a nuclear non-proliferation treaty. Bush responds correctly that India, a transparent democracy, has not had an AQ Khan-like nuclear bazaar. So you'd think that the present advocate of democracy in the Muslim world would be leaning hard on General Pervert Musharraf to hasten civilian rule rather than gathering more power in his hands. Yet Bush only offered lame rhetoric. Yes, Musharraf must move toward democracy, but the president needs the general in the war on terrorism, especially hunting down al-Qaeda and Taliban remnants along the Afghan-Pakistan border. Bush needs India even more for a host of reasons, including its booming economy, which U.S. businesses want to tap. Hence the nuclear concessions, ignoring both U.S. and international law, Bush has promised India access to high-end technology and a guaranteed supply of nuclear fuel. In return, India gets to keep its nuclear arms program. It'll have to open up only 14 of its 22 reactors for inspection. The rest it can keep secret, including a fast breeder reactor that produces the plutonium for bombs. It can even build more breeders. Well, that's just what they need in India is more breeders. There is, however, an argument that rather than a gift from Santa Claus, this is a tough bargain. It opens up two-thirds of India's secret program to inspection, which is why the IAEA, the nuclear inspection arm of the UN, welcomes it. But the lesson nuke-seeking nations can draw is clear. As the late Z.A. Budo, Prime Minister of Pakistan, once famously said, eat grass if you must to free up the resources to develop the bomb, and the world will eventually embrace you. With one simple move, the president's blown a hole in the nuclear rules that the world has been playing by, said Representative Ed Markey, the leading critic of the deal in Congress. How do you now go after Iran? Unlike India, Pakistan, or Israel, it signed the Non-Proliferation Treaty. It hasn't violated the treaty, which entitles it to develop nuclear energy. What Iran is guilty of is cheating, hiding some aspects of its program, and a lot of fiery anti-American, anti-Israeli rhetoric. But its cheating has been minuscule compared to Israel's, India's, and Pakistan's. That's why the Atomic Energy Agency report, which goes before its Board of Governors tomorrow, is so mild. The agency cannot give Iran a clean bill of health, but it can find no proof of a nuclear weapons program. India is more guilty than Iran could be, said Dilip Hero, a London-based expert on Iran. North Korea is more guilty than Iran could be. All this is awkward enough, but there's more. Trying to sell the India deal away skeptical Congress, Bush says that giving India more nuclear power will take the pressure off the global demand for energy. This is precisly what Richard Nixon and Gerald Ford said in, their, in the 70s to rationalize their plan to sell the Shah of Iran nuclear power plants. But flush with a bulging exchequer, thanks to rising oil prices from 73 and 74, he ignored U.S. corporations and awarded the first contract for a nuclear plant to Siemens of West Germany, wrote Hero in the Iranian Labyrinth. One is left with no other conclusion that the U.S. basically does what it wants and tries to rationalize it by dictating the media mantra of the day. None of this should come as a surprise. After all, the U.S. was once a great friend of Saddam Hussein. Right. Just mention that in passing. So we're going to have on the next report probably uh, 12 grand or more, right? At least. Oh, what's not to like? Especially when they find out about those gold doubloons that Miguel's handing out with it. With oh, yeah, and of course, uh, those free passes for all-you-can-eat buffets at any restaurant in the world. <coughs> all for you. How are we doing on the pool, baby? Eight, uh, 936, boy, we're going to have 1,000 easy today. This is no pressure. Thank God. The only pressure is going to be at 2 o'clock. 
You want to listen in? I'll give you a conference call. Okay. Put it on speaker. You, you see, you know what it is? Some, and you've had plenty of experience, both of you, with people like this. They don't know when to, you know that drop you got, just walk away. They don't want to do that. Just walk away. That, that's right. In other words, leave bad enough alone. Just, just you know, let things simmer down, relax, let every, let people have get. No, they can't do that. Just this walk man, away. This child, J.J., he is, he is dedicated to destroying my life. And that's why I'm telling you, man, I, I can see any day now, just, uh, you'll, you'll come in that studio in the morning, and you'll open, and you won't hear anything. Yeah, it'll be and dark, wonder, dark microphone. Yeah, it'll be dark. What was the worst movie of 2005? 937 votes. Didn't see any. A little under 34% now. We're making progress. 316. Dukes of Hazard, 134. I hate this pool 80. Well, we hate you, too. How do you like that? Broke-ass mountain, 68. War of the World, 62. Hey, Tommy! You fairy! Didn't see uh, her there last night. Bewitched, 51. Douche Bigelow, European Gigolo, 51. Get rich or die trying, 20, uh, 7. Star Wars, the third, 20. House of Wax, 16. Fantastic Four, 13. Doom, 13. Stealth, 12. Uh, King Kong, 12. Harry Potter, Goblet of Fire, 11. Aeon Flux, 10. Can we say that? The Constant Gardener, 9. Should have a lot. Well, thank goodness most of you didn't see it, because you'd be really P.O.'d. Electa, right. 9. Supercross, the movie, 5. Hide and Seek, 4. Guess Who, 4. Alone in the Dock, 3. Into the Blue, 3. Domino. How about uh, Nel Blue, the Pinto de Blue? Uh, but Domenico Meduno on Capitol Records. Speaking of Volare, weren't we just talking about that moments ago? Yes. Yeah. Into the Blue 3, Domino 2, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy 1, Nine Songs 1, and None for Mamere, Toto, and Undiscovered Diamond. Volare, here we go. Domenico Meduno. Volare. This is uh, Bobby Rydell. Yeah, I could tell it was not Domenico Meduno. That's all I got. Right from the, right the gift okay. over Hey, Bobby, have another drink. You know that song of his, uh, Somewhere beyond the, beyond the Sea? Right. And, of course, the fishes are in the sea, and he used to drink like a fish. And, I, and who is he married to? Sandra Dean. Now they're both dead. They had kind of a touching thing last night. Well, that was Bobby Darren. I beg your pardon? Beyond the Sea. And who are you just playing? Oh, Bobby Rydell. Got your Bobbies crossed. Oh. I'm going to tell you, I once saw a naked picture of Bobby Rydell in a uh, magazine. Yeah? Yeah. How was it? Pretty impressive. Oh, there's Beyond the Sea, Bobby right. Darren. Have another drink. <laughs> now, when you listen to me, they had kind of a touching segment, which I think you missed because you only watched the ass end of it, which is a good choice. Yeah, I have a touching segment. But um, where they showed uh, clips of the, all the people, uh, Hollywood people who died in the last year, in 2005. Mm -hmm. And there was Sandra Dee. She was on there. And Barbara Belgetti's. And who else did uh, we know that we? Oh, and uh, Richard Pryor. And then there were some people that were like, you know, cinematographers, or uh, you know, and it was like, you know, and then they would show somebody that was well known, hey, yeah, like that. You know, it's kind of <laughs> tacky. Well, yeah, it's it tacky, touchy. you know. Like we don't care that this one died, but right. this one, oh yeah, oh, we, we heard of this them. one, yeah, yeah, it's sad, very, very tragic. So after the uh, when we come back for that big one to two hour, we're going to be over twelve grand for abandoned pay rescue. This, this thing is off and running, isn't it? It's running. Now, two assignments for you folks online. Go on there and buy your uh, your TVs and T-shirts, please. And number two, be sure and watch your Loose Change Parts 1 and 2. Right? Yes. It's a must. Or, you know, you just won't know what's going on in the world. I mean, if you, you don't want to know what's going on, that's fine. 
you don't want to start thinking about it, I mean, it's depressing. All those people are jumping out windows and dying, stuff like that. But then again, your president. This is Neil Rogers. Not mine. Your president. This is 560 QAM. Oh, this is Scott Burrell. And when I'm up in Boca Chica slapping old women with painted lips around the pool, I listen to the Neil Rogers one to two hours. Yeah, I mean, I listen to the Neil Rogers fair and balanced one to two hours. Whoa, 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 whoa. Ever dreamed of being a has-been 80s pop star who now makes a fool of herself every week on national television? Well, now you can. With the Paula Abdul Medhead School of Random Thought and Incoherent Jibber Jabber. Hello. That's right. In just three short weeks, we'll teach you how to stammer and stutter. You are just good. I, just everything just... Every... From the... And be thing with that song. So. We'll teach you how to stare blankly at the camera and flirt out a slurred, rambling, and totally disjointed sentence. Every, from the, your stance, from the moment you open up your mouth, from the, just standing there in front of the microphone, from the, your, your artistry, what Stop you it. pick. You're actually giving me a headache. Imagine the discomfort and embarrassment you'll create for your co-workers who are forced to sit next to you and behave as if nothing is wrong. It was a complete utter mess. It didn't capture my attention at all. Just I did. everything just... I didn't get it at all. I'm, I'm confused. It was really Honestly, I apologize, America. Sign up now for your spot at the Paula Abdul Medhead School of Random Thought and Incoherent Jibber Jabber. Just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, it did. Call now. 1-800-JIBBER-JABBER. That's 1-800-JIBBER-JABBER. 101 at QAM. This just in only seconds ago. A federal judge today refused to delay sentencing 90 days for disgraced lobbyist Jack Abramoff despite statements from government lawyers that sending Abramoff to prison could jeopardize his cooperation for ongoing criminal probes. U.S. District Judge Paul Huck set sentencing for Abramoff and co-defendant Adam Kadan for March 29, but said he probably would uh, not require an immediate surrender, allowing them uh, to stay free to assist investigators. Got it? Okay, I got it. Here's a fax from It looks like from your buddy Mark, although he didn't put his name on the header, but it looks like his header, and of course he's wrong. Oh, they forgot Dennis Weaver in the tribunal because it was people that died right. in 2005. Dennis Weaver just died a couple of weeks ago. I knew that, but I wanted you to correct huh? that guy. Oh, brother. And Israel extradites alleged drug trafficker to Miami because we need a lot more good drugs in Miami. A suspected Israeli mob boss described by U.S. prosecutors as one of the world's most wanted drug traffickers was extradited to the U.S. today, police said. Ziv Rosenstein. Stein, suspected of involvement in distributing more than a million ecstasy pills in the U.S., mostly in New York and Miami, was handed over to U.S. Marshals at Ben-Gurion International Airport near Tel Aviv Airport, was taken aboard a direct El Al flight to Miami where he'll face drug charges. Police spokesman Mickey Rosenfeld said, the, t- the target of numerous gangland assassination attempts in the past, Rosenstein was driven to the airport in an undercover police car accompanied by several motorcycles, Israeli radios reported. It was a carefully planned operation under sensitive circumstances designed to ensure that he arrived at the airport in peace and quiet without any disturbance to public order, Rosenfeld said. What if he's kin to Sonny Rosenberg? Is he still alive? Damn it, Jesus. Not really. He said the extradition was the result of a long investigation conducted in coordination with U.S. law enforcement agencies. Israeli police acting on an international arrest warrant arrested Rosenstein more than a year ago for allegedly smuggling drugs from Europe to the USA. A U.S. extradition request submitted December 2004 said Rosenstein was involved in distributing more than one million pills of ecstasy, court documents said. Mostly New York and Miami. How are we doing at uh, 8th Street? 300. 
Last time we discussed this about a half an hour ago was 280. Right. This is true. I lied. I said we have over 12,000 after the uh, 1 o'clock break. We have 11,885. So close. Yet so far. I would say if I was a gambling man, which I'm not, we got a hell of a lot better chance of getting 1,000 votes on our poll. we got 956 today before 2 o'clock, as opposed to, like, making 12 grand out there in that uh, location. Mm-hmm. But don't you want the $1,000 bills that Miguel's handing out? That's right. Free. Right. And the uh, Lincoln Continentals that everybody gets. Ooh, hot rod Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll promo it one more time, and you know I'm I'm, I'm getting tired of your buddy there. He's getting me, he's getting me really peeved. I told you what the story was. These things uh, were. But, uh, but this happens every year. This right? happens because all they, the time. They book the van in advance. Every yes, year. Under, I understand yeah. that. Well, why couldn't we've had we've got two vans? Right? Uh, I told you that. Rolly's on vacation this week because that was that was the first thing I asked him. Rolly, like, well, my ass. Oh, I'll go get the flower. So, in other words, that's the only choice we had was Rolly? He's the only other promotions person that's uh, licensed to drive the van. I mean, we've got some part-time teenage flunkies, but they can't drive the van. Well, give them the keys, okay? Give them a shot. Yeah. See how, let's see how what they can do. We've got some part-time teenagers working there, huh? Like uh, 18, 19? 13, 14. No, well, that's, uh, yeah. The QM van will be at the grand opening of Advanced Auto Parts. It's there right now, as a matter of fact, waiting for you until 2 o'clock. And Miguel probably is just really, uh, I ought to be crestfallen for what a bomb he laid, an egg, a penguin egg. 4380 Southwest 8th Street in Miami. That's the hub. That's the heart of our audience, man, <laughs> right there on 8th Street, Cayo Ocho. They love this cho. We got those uh, T-shirts and uh, the CDs, of course, with all kinds of good stuff on them. And you can sign up to win a $1,000 shopping spree at Advanced Auto Parts. If we gave you a million dollars, would you show up, huh? No. Ten million? No. A billion? No. Oh. How about some heat tickets? No. Panther tickets? No. New underwear? No. Pull show majority in five southern... I mean, that, that's just... It's just... Uh, I'm, I'm going to lay down on the floor, you know? I got a bad tooth. Take the mic with you. I'm having a uh, relapse. Polls show majority in five southern states disapprove of President Bush. All right. Southern states. Got that? I got it. A majority of adults in five key southern states disapproves of President Bush's job performance and says the war in Iraq was not worth fighting, according to an Elon University poll released Friday. In the survey, 52% of respondents said they disapproved or strongly disapproved of Bush's job performance compared to 43% who said they approved or strongly approved. Asked whether the war with Iraq was worth fighting, a slim majority, 51% said no. Only 44% though said yes. All five of these states went to Bush in the 2004. Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. Less than 18 months later, Bush isn't even close to majority approval in any of those states. How do you like that? For him not to even break 50%, not to even approach it, says, all you need to say, said Hunter Baycott, an Elon political science professor and director of the poll. In five red states that have been ardent supporters of Bush, he can't even approach 50%. Can't even approach it. How do you like that? Can't even come within a uh, farting distance of it. What kind of a distance is that? About three feet. Is that, is that what kind of range you have? Palm Beach County teacher, I got news for you. I could clear out elevators, apartment buildings, entire city blocks. Palm Beach County teacher arrested after confessing to sex with minors. 
A man, I, and the only the only reason I put this story on there and I'm reading it, can you see what school it was? No. A man authorities identified as a teacher at a private Christian school Ooh. was arrested Saturday after he confessed to having sex with minors. Chad Joseph Stoffel, 29, of uh, Palm Springs, a teacher at Summit Christian School in West Palm Beach, was charged with four counts of unlawful activity with certain minors and four counts of battery of a child. According to records from the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office, he's being held at the Palm Beach County Jail on 25 grand bond. As of yesterday. On February 1st, authorities contacted Stoffel in Tennessee. Oh, that's where Reese Witherspoon's from. Yeah. That's why she was so good. And I walked the line. It shows. Really fine. Where he confessed, and she's married to uh, Ryan Philippe. Where he confessed his actions to a counselor at a religious retreat. In interviews with detectives, Stoffel admitted to engaging in sexual conduct October November 2005 with a 16-year-old boy he met when both were involved in a Lake Worth Community Theater production. Stoffel also admitted to having a sexual relationship with one of his students at Summit Christian School that began when the boy was 14 years old. That case is still under investigation. Stoffel told the authorities he'd engaged in sexual conduct with boys in both Palm Beach and Broward counties dating back 10 or 11 years. In a statement to authorities, he said he's been a music teacher at Summit Christian School in West Palm for the past five and a half years. A Summit Christian School employee who declined to give her name said yesterday that he was not currently employed at the school, though she didn't release information about his exact dates of employment at the school. Chad Stoffel is a former employee of some Christian school. She said school officials are investigating this matter. A press release will be issued this week. As always, our students and families are our utmost priority. Right. Covering your ass, CYA. That's your utmost priority, honey. Who the hell are you kidding? Here's some good news for you. Of all people, man, the Pope ain't going to be too pleased about this or some of those other farbissons of glam. Guess who's going to be curing the morning after pill? I give up. Somebody you hate. Oh, no. Not Walmart. Yeah. Really? Well, there's money to be made. Walmart store said Friday that all of its pharmacies would carry morning-after contraceptive pills, bowing to pressure from states seeking to force the world's biggest retailer to do so. Quit trying to, like, use your religion as a weapon and beat people over the head with it, you, you Nazis, you bastards. Uh-oh. Car bombing in Bakuba market kills at least five. Is that a, a six? Is that a new one? Five more bombers in Baghdad killed these three wounded 28. These are new ones now because it's nighttime there. That's 9 o'clock at night. So uh, I guess we're not doing too bad today. Huh? Only about maybe a half a dozen people dead in Iraq today. That's no, a bargain. The usual 40, 50, 100. In a statement posted on its website, Walmart said all of its pharmacies would begin carrying Plan B contraceptives as of March 20, but added that workers who didn't feel comfortable dispensing a prescription could refer customers to another pharmacist or a pharmacy. A Walmart spokeswoman said the company would not comment beyond the contents of the statement. We expect more states to require us to sell emergency contraceptives in the months ahead, said Ron Chomiak, VP of Pharmacy for Walmart. And by the way, any drugs that you take at Walmart, if you take them, you will become a born-again Christian within really? an hour. Oh, yeah, within an hour. Start speaking in tongues right away? Right. Because of this and the fact that this is an FDA-approved product, we feel it's difficult to justify being the country's only major pharmacy chain not selling it, he said. Illinois and Massachusetts already require Walmart to sell the morning-after pill, which must be taken within 72 hours after sex to prevent pregnancy. Oh, I wish I knew that. Pressure to introduce similar mandates is building in Connecticut and New York. Walmart's decision to stock emergency contraception will help women across the country prevent unintended pregnancy, and that's a positive step for the health of women and families, Planned Parenthood Federation President Cecile Richards said. How do you like that? They're not doing it because they want to do it, but because it's good for business and because they're being coerced right. into doing it. We got our 12,000 yet or what? I don't know yet. I haven't this got another so, report. This is so demoralizing, you know. 
How how long is this first going to go on? This um, about thirty thing. How long is this going to go on? I don't know. Three months. Nine sixty nine, baby. We'll have a thousand votes on this thing before you can say Miguel's an idiot. I know it was a plan ahead of time, and we're obligated, but it'd be bit of and we're just. Uh, I mean, you know, it could have been a van hit without the best of stuff, because that's what would have happened if we weren't running the campaign. And then we'd be three hundred dollars short of what that's we got. Right, so you know, we might as well take it. I, I would have rather put up the three hundred myself and avoided all the embarrassment. This is Neil Rogers. <laughs> this is five sixty two a.m. Who's gonna give Ricky a blow? Coming up tonight on Inside the Behind the True Hollywood Celebrity Music Biography Profile Story. They have been putting out important rock albums for over 30 years, and they never let us forget how important it is that they are important. They are you too. Sometimes you can't make it on your own. With his dark sunglasses and his hey-look-at-me involvement in political causes, U2's leader Vano can be pretty damn egotistical. Did I hear you take my name in vain? What, what? You use the word damn in the same sentence as God's name. But aren't you Bono? It's the same thing. Bow before me, pitiful human. But I... Silent. I'll take over this inside the behind celebrity profile as I see fit. Now then. <clears throat> Bono is a true superstar. Handsome, sexy, extremely talented, and involved in a number of very important socio-political crusades. It is also worth noting that Bono was on the short list to head the World Bank a while ago. That would have been a f trip, wouldn't it? Oh, sorry. Anyway, on top of his incredible musical ability, Bono was also deeply concerned about the takeover of the world by corporate America. Oh, yeah? What about that iPod commercial? What did you say? I said, what about that iPod commercial? Uh, well, this is God signing off for now. Have a nice day. You too. If thinking you're God can make you God, then I guess they're God. It's a big, juicy, sopping wet look at show business tonight on Inside the Behind. Hey, oh, God! 117 at 560. All the gods all the time. All the bubble mices all the time. Here's an interesting fact, which uh, makes me laugh. <laughs> what is your opinion as to why South Florida? What is your opinion as to why South Florida can't support classical music radio and jazz radio? Is it true that we're just not sophisticated enough? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, that reminds me of a. I had a call like that the first week or two I was on the air uh, 30 years ago on KAT. Neil, what's your opinion on the sophistication level of South Florida? You can't complain about the level of sophistication because there isn't any. No, I, but I think in this particular case, I'd give a different answer. The reason that South Florida doesn't support classical music radio and jazz radio is there aren't enough pseudo-intellectuals in town. Did that answer the question? Yeah, works for Not me. enough suits. Yeah, bunch of crap. Okay, what's the deal now? What's the story? 340. That's the story. 11925 dollars And you wonder why... Radio stations that don't speak at a no pick at a pony. Why we have no chance? Uh, no more. Just gonna take us a couple of breaks to get to twelve grand. What makes you think we're gonna get there? We only got like forty-two minutes left. At the rate we're going, we got an outside. We got a Chinaman's chance in purgatory getting there by uh, two o'clock. You can do it. No. 
11,925. You know, I realize, and I don't want to put this audience out because they realize that there'll be plenty of other uh, opportunities right. to go to places that are close by where they are or where they hang it out or where they shop or what. And at this uh, 4380 Southwest 8th Street in Miami is just not a place where I now. I'd be fascinated in finding out, unlike Smoky Bones Barbecue or whatever that place was on Friday. Bonefish. Bonefish. Uh, Schmeck. Uh, I wonder if they like have, we're getting a whole lot of people out there for the big grand opening. I don't know. Well, next next time Miguel calls, you might want to ask we'll, him that we'll question. Ask him. Yeah, because if there's a whole lot of people coming by, they probably aren't our people. You follow what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Although it'd be nice, I would be feathering our cap if we, you know, we're getting that place full with all kinds of people going in and buying all kinds of auto parts. You know? Sure. There's Donald Trump, who makes me want to vomit. You too. What, you know what his story is? He's got a lot of money. Nothing That's else. It. He's got a lot of money and he's on television. Yeah, no class at all. Nothing. He has zero. He has ridiculous hair. A guy with that kind of money ought to look better than that. Send him to Chuck Alfieri. I mean, he, he just, he's just an idiot. He's boring. He's as dull as a kid. You're fired. You're fired. Oh, congratulations. You're fired. Well, oh, here's Lou Dobbs. You know what I want to play? What? Thanks to Boca Brian. Speaking of Lou Dobbs. President Bush has put forth a challenge tonight that I simply uh, can't ignore. The president yesterday said he wanted those who are critical and questioning of this port deal to, quote, step up and explain why all of a sudden a Middle Eastern company is held to a different standard than a great British company, end quote. Well, first of all, Mr. President, to equate any country to your principal partner in the coalition ignores that special relationship this country has enjoyed with the United Kingdom for decades and decades. Uh, this also is not just a British company and an Arab company, as I think you well know. Peninsula and Oriental Steam Navigation is a British privately owned company. Dubai Ports World is a UAE government-controlled and owned company. You see the difference, of course. And furthermore, the money used to fund the 9-11 attacks, most of it, in fact, was sent to the hijackers through the UAE banking system. In fact, two of the hijackers were originally from the UAE. The UAE stonewalled U.S. efforts to track al-Qaeda bank accounts after 9-11. In addition, the Emirates does not recognize Israel as a sovereign state. And the UAE was a transfer point for shipments of nuclear technology to Iran, North Korea, and Libya. And if those aren't good enough reasons, I would uh, just uh, suggest I'm at a complete loss to offer uh, what might be considered good reasons. Still ahead here, do you wonder why President Bush is insisting on pushing this port deal through? Yes. Well, we do, too, and we've taken a look into it. We'll have a special report, uh, special report on what appears what to be the Bush administration's special, uh, uh, oh. special relationship with Dubai. And Dubai's friends in high places on K Street. K Street lobbyists don't see anything wrong with helping push this $7 billion port deal through, even if it raises serious questions about national security. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing is the only thing he had going, that's why his poll numbers are dropping through the floor, the only thing he had going was one thing. Yeah. Safety, safety. Yeah. That was the only one thing. The oh, they're really strong against yeah. the war on terror, you know, keeping the public safe, all this other BS. Now that he wants to uh, sell out control of all these uh, major ports to a, uh, a terrorist country, and you can, you can slice it whatever way the hell you want, uh, that's exactly what they are. Maybe I should read that State Department warning again on people traveling to uh, the UAE. Yeah, well, yeah. No, I don't think so. I'd rather read the article again about how Cheney was drunk. But anyway, oh, here's one I, I think you'll like. Two of them. 
Christian broadcaster Pat Robertson criticized by some evangelicals for comments about Venezuela's president and Israel's prime, Israel's prime minister. How is he doing, by the way, Ariel? Oh, we'll see him no more. Lost a bid for re-election to the National Religious Broadcaster's Board of Directors. You're out, Pat. Even they're embarrassed by him. Even those going are embarrassed. Robertson, founder of the Virginia-based Christian Broadcasting Network, is one of 38 candidates for 33 board seats during the NRB's recent convention. The group represents mostly evangelical radio and TV broadcasters, proselytizers, the God Squad. NRB President Frank Wright said there was no... I wonder if he's kind of Frank Wright. He used to be the horse guy who died. said there was no broad effort to distance the group from Robertson, but there was some broad dismay with Pat's comments and a feeling they were not helpful to Christian broadcasters in general, he said in Washington's Washington Post, Wednesdays. In the past few months, Robertson suggested that Venezuelan President Hugo Chavez should be assassinated and that Israeli Prime Minister Ariel Sharon's stroke was divine punishment for pulling out of the Gaza Strip. Robertson's spokesman said Thursday he'd been a board member for 30 years. Absolutely. About 30, man. But attended only one board meeting due to his extensive schedule. It was an amicable and expected that he would not continue to serve. Oh, yeah, right. Right, your mama. Liar. Religionist liar. Sorry for the redundancy, okay? We're almost mm-hmm. at 1,000 votes, I believe. Got it? 994. I bet you refresh a couple of yeah, 996. See what I'm saying? So four more votes, we got our 1,000. Look, it's not even 130 yet. But out there at uh, Southwest 8th Street, we got Suris, baby. We got real Suris. Federal court secrecy up sharply on Bush's watch. Boy, I'm sure doing a lot of bedtime stories today, you know what? Oh, you could take that one I got call. a lot more. I got a story that I think uh, Red Rain could prove that aliens have landed. Okay. You want to hear this one? Sure. I think I'll move it up in my pile. It's, my curiosity. it's from the Brit Observer, which is not like some pie-eyed, wild-eyed publication. There's a small bottle containing a red fluid on a shelf in Sheffield University's microbiology laboratory. The liquid looks cloudy and uninteresting. Yet, if one group of scientists is correct, the vial contains the first sample of extra, first samples of extraterrestrial life isolated by researchers. Inside the bottle are samples left over from one of the strangest incidents in recent meteorological history. I bet you even Miss Horkheimer is weird about, weirded out about this. He's weird. On July 25, 2001... Blood-red rain fell over the Kerala district in western India, and these rain bursts continued for the next two months. All along the coast it rained crimson, turning local people's clothes pink, burning leaves on trees, and falling as scarlet sheets at some point. Investigations suggested the rain was red because winds had swept up dust from Arabia and dumped it on Kerala, but Godfrey Lewis, a physicist at Mahatma Gandhi University, after gathering samples left over from the rains, concluded this was nonsense. If you look at these particles under a microscope, you can see they are not dust. They have a clear biological appearance, he say. Instead, Lewis decided that the rain was made up of bacteria-like material that had been swept to earth from a passing comet. In short, it rained aliens over India during the summer of 2001. Remember, it's raining men. Now right. we got it's raining aliens. Maybe it was Alienito was on there. Maybe that's how he got to Miami. He didn't come in on a rubber raft. He got in the uh, rained alienitos. <laughs> Not everyone is convinced by the idea. Of course, indeed, most researchers think it is highly dubious. One scientist who posted a message on Lewis's website described it as bullshit. But, but a few researchers believe Lewis may be onto something and are following up on his work. Milton Wainwright, a microbiologist at Sheffield, is now testing samples of Corrales' red rain. It's too early to say what's in the vial, he said, but it's certainly not dust. Nor is there any DNA there, but then alien bacteria wouldn't necessarily contain DNA. 
Critical to Lewis's theory is the length of time that the red rain fell on Kerala. Two months is too long for it to have been windborne dust, he says. In addition, one analysis showed the particles were 50% carbon, 45% oxygen, with traces of sodium and iron, consistent with biological material. Lewis also discovered that hours before the first red rain fell, there was a loud sonic boom that shook houses in Kerala. Only an incoming meteorite could have triggered such a blast, he claims. This had broken from a passing comet and shot toward the coast, shedding microbes as it traveled. These then mixed with clouds and fell with the rain. Many scientists accept that comets could be rich in organic chemicals, and a few, such as late Fred Hoyle, a U.K. theorist, argued that life on Earth evolved from microbes that had been brought here on comets. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe in a can of comet cleanser. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's, like, people in there. I'll sure stinks like hell. But most researchers say that Lewis is making too great leap in connecting his rain with microbes from a comet. For his part, he's unrepentant. If anybody hears a theory like this, that it's from a comet, they dismiss it as unbelievable kind of conclusion. Unless people understand our arguments, people rule it out as an impossible thing that an extraterrestrial biology is responsible for this red rain. But it is. They're like little peoples, man. Maybe like those sea monkeys you see in the back of the uh, comic books advertised. Yeah. At least you used to. What about them? Maybe that's what's in, that bo- the, in the jar, in the bottle. Sea monkeys? I've seen a few. 1027 at QAM. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Tonight on the Islamic Cartoon Network, it's Iraqi and Bullwinkle. Hey, Iraqi, watch me pull a rabbit out of my turban. Oh, Bullwinkle, that trick never works. Look it up, my that was no rabbit, Bullwinkle. That was an insurgent. Ooh, you better get a new turban. Hello, and welcome to A Current Affair. Mr. Cheney, Harry, an honor to have you both on my show. I see you guys are still friends. We are. Correct. Harry, your thoughts? Accidents do, and we'll have to. Absolutely. <laughs> Mr. Whittington? <laughs> uh, Dick, is he okay? Harry Whittington is on the mend and doing very well. <laughs> Does he do this all the time? I have no idea. Well, he's your friend. An acquaintance. Whatever. He's making a weird, freaky noise. Oh, Harry, you okay? You hit your head hard. Are you all right? On a sign fall. Yeah, thanks, Dick. You've been a great help. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be all right. Oh, we're fine. You bet. Priest purify shrine after Bush visit. Pure, pu- puree it? Priest purify shrine in New Delhi, but not, not for the reason you think. I, I could understand immediately. Hindu priests who look after the Memorial of Indian Independence leader Mohandas Gandhi conducted a purification ceremony at the shrine after a visit from President Bush. But it wasn't the president who offended them. It was the sniffer dogs who scarred the area ahead of his visit. Mm-hmm. And there's a picture here of one of those uh, nice doggies. I don't know what it is. I can't really tell. Probably a German shepherd, I imagine. Mm, no. After the dog visit, the memorial was cleansed with water brought from the Ganges River, which Hindus consider holy. The Hindustan Times newspaper reported yesterday. The Ganges. How about, I wonder if that's got anything to do with Del Manges, who used to drive at Buffalo Raceway in Batavia Downs. I wonder if Del uh, Manges ever drove on the Ganges. Bush visited the memorial on Thursday during his three-day visit to India. The site where pacifist icon Gandhi was cremated is considered sacred. And all visitors, including Bush and his wife, Laura, removed their shoes before going in. They had to take off their shoes. The dogs pulling in from the U.S. were part of the intense security surrounding the president, but the Hindu priests believe they tainted the site. Ooh. Maybe they dropped, maybe they left a, a little something behind. 
Blending Dogs in the Memorial also drew sharp protests from Hindu politicians and Gandhi's great-grandson, Tushar, or is that Tushy? Tushy Gandhi, to call the incident a national shame, the Press Trust of Indian News Agency reported. It's a national shame that that uh, American president brought them dogs here. Uh-huh. Boy, I got news for her. I bet you the dogs smell better than them curry, that curry crowd. Wow. Oh, man. you got to come up here sometime just to a sniff. All right. Well, speaking of that, what a good segue. Speaking of Quebec. Remember we had the story about the 15-year-old girl who thought we thought she died because her boyfriend kissed her and she had eaten a peanut butter sandwich? That's right. Well, guess what? What? That 15-year-old girl with a peanut allergy did not die from kissing her boyfriend following his peanut butter snack, a coroner said Friday, countering reports that drew international attention last year, and we actually talked about it right here on this very important show. By the way, did I ask after the last break how we're doing? I think I keep forgetting to ask. I don't know. Did we? Did we get a report here, Josh? We're at 380. Well, that's, uh, let's see, 585, 385, Only 35, only two more uh, pieces, two easy pieces, and we'll have it licked. Boy, you talk about weak. But, you know, it's, it's not only not in our neck of the woods. It's not even anywhere close to where our audience is. You know, they don't live there. They don't shop there. They don't know from there. They don't want to be there. Saguenay coroner Michael Amiron said Christina Desforges' death had a different cause, but he refused further disclosure, saying he first wanted to report, the provincial, uh, to, report to the provincial coroner, examine the more test results. He said he was speaking out now to head off an allergy group's plan to use the case as an example and awareness effort. The Canadian Association of Food Allergies intended to use the DeForge case to launch an education campaign. He said, I had to tell them the cause of death was different than first believed. Christina died in a Quebec hospital in November. Reports at the time said doctors were unable to treat her allergic reaction to the kiss the previous weekend. As the girl began feeling ill, friends called an ambulance, and she collapsed as it arrived and died four days later. I like that. So it wasn't that evil kiss. Although hmm. some people get the evil kiss off which I think is what Clarence is going to get at 2 o'clock. The kiss-off. The kiss-off. Federal court secrecy up sharply on Bush's watch. What a surprise, man. In the fascist USA, in my wildest dreams, never did my prognostications ever could have imagined that they would come so full circle. Okay? Despite the Sixth Amendment's guarantee of public trials, nearly all records have been kept secret for more than 5,000 defendants who completed their journey through the federal courts over the last three years. Instances of such secrecy more than doubled from 2003 to 2005. Everything now is a big secret, and it's all because of the war on terror. An AP investigation found, and court observers agree that most of these defendants are cooperating government witnesses, but the secrecy surrounding their records prevents the public from knowing details of their plea bargains with the government. Most of these defendants are involved in drug gangs, though lately a very small number come from terrorism cases. Some of those cooperating witnesses are among the most unsavory characters in America's courts, multiple murderers and drug dealers, but the public can't learn whether their testimony against Confederates won them drastically reduced prison sentences or even freedom. Maybe they're walking around out there right by you right now. Maybe they're right up the street getting ready to come and knock on your door. Maybe when in doubt, we let them out. Oh, my God. Because they made out a bunch of bubble mice, a bunch of stories about their neighbors all being a bunch of terrorists planning to blow the universe up. Who the hell knows? I guarantee you, confidence is very high. Look at that. 1,018, my God. 1018, old bean. 1,018 votes on the poll today. Everything is going swimmingly well except, mm-hmm. except that fundraiser out there. At the, it's the grand opening, baby. Now, did you ask Miguel if there's like a big crowd out there? 
actually, he called me and told me that uh, that there is a crowd, but it, it ain't our crowd. Needless to say. Cayocho. Si. Hola. Increíble. The worst movie of 2005. Didn't see any of them. 344. 33.5%. A third. A third of this audience didn't see any of 2005's movies. And when you come right down to it, except for Crash, you didn't miss much. Right? Right. I don't know what I'm chastising them for. Well, I'm glad much. the guy called about Harold and Kumar. I forgot about that. Because it was a comedy, so you don't really, you know. Did we put it on there? I don't even know if it's on there. No, because it was a good movie. Oh. Oh. Now, see, I looked up Garden State. Remember I told you I got sucked into yeah. watching that because it was on TV. It had four stars. 2004, just missed the cutoff. Mm. I beg you people, if you see that on TV, if somebody brings a DVD to your house and says, here, watch this for free, uh, burn it. Do not watch it. Just burn one. Didn't see any 344. Dukes of Hazard 140. Boy, that must have really stunk the joint out. It did. I hate this what 87. Broke-ass mounting 74. That was garbage. Some of them were, and Ang Lee, oh, my God, get rid of him. War of the World 67. Bewitch 54. Douche Bigelow, European Gigolo 52. As in, how low can you go, J.J.? Get Rich or Die Trying, 29. Star Wars, Tree, 25. House of Wax, 18. Doom, 18. Stealth, 15. The Fantastic Four, 14. I'll be sure to catch the 4, 14. Electra, 14. King Kong, 13. Harry Potter, The Goblet of Fire, 11. The Constant Gardener, 10. Just absolutely blows. Aeon Flux, 10. Supercross the Movie, 6. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, 5. Hide and Seek, 5. Well, that's the old Greg. Isn't that the Greg Reed story? Yeah. Guess Who 4, Alone in the Dark 3, Into the Blue 3, Nell Blood. I can't get that out of my mind now. Dip into the Blue, but you don't have it by Domenico Madugno. No, sorry. And later, Polari by Dean Martin. Boy, could he belt one out Ooh. or not. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Into the Blue 3, Domino 3, Nine Songs 1, Ma Mary, and Undiscovered got none. You're what? 1,029 votes. Ma Mary. Remember Mary? No. That's the Virgin Maddie to you. So we're at 11,965. I have a feeling after this break we come back, and it's, if we don't get to the 12,000 following this break, I just, uh, I don't know. I may what? sit here in my underwear till 2 o'clock. This is Neil Rogers. This is 562 AM. Yeah. Hate you. Absolutely. I got some bad news. There's bad news tonight, boys and girls. 
Yeah. Oh, by the way, what's our total now? Uh, 400. Why'd your voice crack just then? Sorry about that. Because I don't blame him. By the way, did you not catch that? Because I dumped it. I didn't catch it. All right. Play it again. 400 out there, though. <laughs> hey. I caught it. That's why I played it, because I caught it. But anyway, no, I don't mean I caught it. I didn't hit nothing. But in other words, I knew it was there. So now we have uh, JJ and uh, we got JJJ. Junior, Joyce, Junior, Josh, and Josh. Well, they browbeat him every day, you know. Who's that? The powers that be, they browbeat, browbeat Josh. Who? Josh. Our Josh? Our own. What are you talking about? What you be talking about, boy? Yeah. I got to dump it. I beg your pardon? I have to dump uh, it. His ass is on the line. It's a pretty skinny line there, too. Well, what are you talking about? How come this is the first time hearing of it and it's right on the ear? Oh, I thought you knew. I thought I you thought I knew they were browbeating Josh Cordes about the dumping oh, stuff on his show. Always browbeat whoever uh, whoever's in here. Me, Josh, whoever sits in here. Governor Mike Rounds. The story on Saturday was he was inclined to sign the abortion ban. The bad news is he signed it today, in South Dakota. Signed a bill that would ban nearly all abortions in South Dakota, making it a crime for doctors to perform an abortion unless it was necessary to save the woman's life. The ban, including in cases of rape and incest, was approved Friday by South Dakota lawmakers, and the Governor Mike Rounds signed it today. Coming at a time when some activists see the U.S. Supreme Court is more willing than ever to overturn Roe v. Wade. Planned Parenthood, which operates the only clinic in South Dakota that provides abortions, vowed to sue. But even before the bill has a signature, in other words, didn't get it until today, money to defend it poured in. Lawmakers were told during the debate that an anonymous donor pledged a million dollars to defend the ban, and the legislature was setting up a special account to accept donations. We've had people stop in our office trying to drop off checks to promote the defense of the legislation already, Ron said. The right-wingers are pouring into cash in South Dakota. How do you like that? No more abortions, man. The fetus are out there. See, I told you, South Dakota, North Dakota, that's the, that's the state they should have. So we've got 11,095 down there at uh, Advanced Auto Parts. Right. I think I'll be spending a lot of time at the dentist tomorrow. That tooth just started getting real uh, after what I just heard there. So, in other words, not only have I got to overcome J.J., those two, now I've also got to overcome the um, influence that they've, the, the evil spirit that they've cast over our Josh's head, so that even though I can't, yeah, I use my judgment and let them him it's daily. still not going to get on the air, is that what you're saying? Your judgment isn't good enough if, uh, if, uh, if Josh, if they hear something and so Josh didn't dump it, he's fired. Josh got the judgment. He's fired. Josh Cordes, okay? Now, let me ask you, between Josh Cordes and Josh Darrow, <laughs> how many years have the two of them been in this business put together, okay? I, I don't know. I'm just asking that in passing. I don't want to, like, uh, get into a big song and a dance. How many years would you say? Uh, ten total. Ten? Maybe. I'm just guessing. I think you're, uh, well, it's possible. I could be well, I know, know Darrow was a, uh, a board op slash producer when I came to Flunky. work here, so Flunky. that was eight years ago. Right. And uh, our Josh about two, right? Well, with you guys, yeah. That's what I was basing it on. So you're talking ten years. And I'm glad to see that you guys have learned so much in such a short period of time. That your judgment is stellar. It's good. So one more $20 is out there. Maybe just somebody wants to come by and throw 15 bucks at Miguel real fast and, and haul ass. Yeah, do a drive-by. 
Yeah, just the, a, the good a drive-by, a DVD, a drive-by donation. Sounds good to me. Scientist in food fight over soda. Oh, you know, I'm so glad that I learned that just before at 2 o'clock. Yeah. Now, you know, interesting. You remember the day last week when I told you my blood pressure was sky high and I was yeah. having a nervous breakdown because of the way that this whole these things are being handled now? Uh-huh. This dictatorial madness. And now this morning, my blood pressure was 124 over 80. My blood sugar was 86. I, have, I haven't, uh-huh. other than my tongue, my uh, tooth, which, you know, my tongue's still healing from biting it. In fact, I may have to bite it now. Oh, don't. Don't bite. But uh, haven't Ow. been in such such fine fiddle in a long time. And it's obvious that that doesn't sit well with somebody who wants to, at 2 o'clock again, start start up again. I'll tell you right now, Clarence, it's going to be ugly. Okay? It's going to be ugly. No matter how you slice it, no matter how you present it, it's going to be ugly. So, as they say, govern yourself accordingly. Low-fat, low-cal, low-carb, Atkins, South Beach, the zone. Food fads may distracting attention from something more insidiously piling on pounds. Here we go with this again. Beverages. Well, no, it's true. Yeah, no, it is. I, th- I think what they ought to do is they should outlaw beverages with, uh, with sugar in them. Right. What, what's fr- wrong with drinking diet soda? Nothing. That was the first thing that I did to uh, to get life back under control when I was yeah. to bust I mean, out of my who pants. Who in their right mind drinks soda with sugar in it? Oh, only so people. many people, yeah. And One of every five kids. calories in the American diet is liquid. Calories. I mean, I, there mm-hmm. are no calories in the soda I'm drinking. I'm drinking my caffeine-free Diet Pepsi right now, and maybe it'll kill me, but I really doubt it. And it tastes just fine to me. I'm taking a swig right now just to prove it. Good. One of every five calories in America's diet is liquid. The nation's single biggest food is soda, and nutrition experts have long demonized it. Now they're escalating the fight. They're cranking it up. Yeah, that's right. Get your kids into schools instead of soda machines. Get them all that great fruit juice. Yeah. Yeah, pure sugar and pure uh, calories, man. Who the hell are you kidding? In addition to which, you know, fruit juice, this business about nutritional value of apple juice and... uh, uh, once, it, once it's been oxidized like that, it has no nutritional value. None. None. It's like you people that are drinking the orange juice for breakfast every morning thinking you're doing something. Uh-huh. Once you open up that carton or that uh, plastic jug, if you get the really big containers, once you open it up and sits in the refrigerator uh, and starts oxidizing, all the nutritional value is gone. It's gone, baby, assuming there was a lot in there in the first place. In addition to which, it's pasteurized. You know what that means? Like that means it's heated at high temperatures, no. which, which whatever value was in there, most of it was gone before you open it and start oxidizing. So the amount of nutritional value you're getting from drinking all that juice, you could put in a thimble and have room for uh, Fat Boy's ass left over in there. In reports to be published in science journals this week, two groups of researchers hope to add evidence to the theory that soda and other sugar-sweetened drinks just don't go hand-in-hand hand with obesity, but actually cause it. Not that these drinks are the only cause, of course, Genetics, exercise, other factors involved, but that they are one cause, perhaps the leading cause. Quit drinking so much soda, as my mother would say. Smart woman. Oh, there's, um... My heart was beeping so fast, I thought it was going to pop out of my mouth and fall in the crowd. Yeah. No? Two. Philip Seymour Hoffman. There you go. We like him. He's good. A little strange, but he's good. Anyway, a small point, it says, in reality, proving this would be a scientific leap that could help make a case for higher taxes on soda. We say, yeah, let's, five bucks a bottle, how do you like that? Tax, just like with cigarettes. Mm-hmm. 
Restrictions on how aware it's sold, maybe even Surgeon General's warning on labels. We've done it with cigarettes, said one scientist advertising this. Barry Popkin. I wonder if he's kin to Mary Hopkin at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill. Mary Poppins. Mary Popkin. Comparing soda and obesity to uh, tobacco and lung cancer is a baseless crusade, industry spokesmen say. I think it's laughable, said Richard Adamson. He's the senior science consultant of the American Beverage Association. He's a paid lackey on their payroll. Lack of exercise and poor eating habits are far bigger contributors to America's weight woes, he said. Woe is me. The science is being stretched at Adam Dronowski, Director of Nutritional Sciences at the University of Washington, Seattle. He owns stock and beverage companies and done extensive research in the field, much of it financed by industry, but also some by government. Right. However, those making the case against soda include some of the nation's top obesity researchers at prestigious institutions like Harvard and Yale. So, in other words, they don't have the uh, scientists at Harvard and Yale on the pay- payroll like they used to, Dr. Frederick mm-hmm. Steer, who used to tell us, well, that sugar was good. Uh, eat it by like the pound is good. Double it down. Inject some of your veins, man. It's this great for it. It's 560 It's Miami at 560 WQAM. Anybody here seen Jack Abramoff in his orange jumpsuit and fedora? today from the big uh, QM van hit is 420. Ooh. So that just got us over the 12,000 mark. Huh? All right. 12,005 bucks. Boy, that's pretty lame. But what did I say today? Our goal was 420. Isn't that what I said right at the beginning? That's right. When I heard that it was going to be on Kyocho. Made it on the dime. Now, here's Jimmy in Buffalo who faxes and is obviously very irate. Yeah, I already Are you guys me. answering the toll-free number or not? No. No, not answering. Uh, we took, I don't know, maybe half a dozen calls all day because, you know, why Why put the onus on the audience? they got no material today and leave them alone. 
I've been calling and get no answer. Uh, is uh, yada 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 the right number? Yes. Hell, I'm dialogue distance if I have to. For what, Jimmy? See, then he doesn't say what it is. My email address is yada yada. Let me know what's going on. Jimmy in Buffalo. P.S. But TV down sucks. Well, hey, Jimmy in Buffalo. No wonder you're surly. You're in Buffalo. <laughs> oh, if I was in Buffalo, I'd be really P.O.'d. Every sinking day, three to five inches, six to seven inches. They're like snowed in and iced in. We got nothing here, baby. It's beautiful. The sun is shining. The birds are peeing like crazy. It's a beautiful thing. So sorry, Jimmy. And, you know, we apologize that you have to be stuck in Buffalo. We got Bo for Mo and the Atutafo uh, show coming up next. Bye, bye, bye.